Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. My name is James. I have the usual Mason and Jonathan, and today we have two special guests, one that's been on the podcast before, Stone, and a new guy, Tyler. How are we doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot, and thank you so much for coming back. Um, Last time we had you on, our whole entire system completely crashed, which then made us build this new podcast table. And Jonathan went totally overboard, but I guess it's better to go overboard than underboard. Yep. So it technically, it's not my fault. (laughs) Though it was my idea, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You broke it, did it? Yeah, that was uh, was unfortunate. Uh, That was Stone's first time on, and, you know, we go through the whole thing, and it was just computer decided not to play nice and uh, didn't record what we needed it to, and that was the end of that system. (laughs) Mm. I was like, all right, if that's the risk, let's go ahead and change it up. Devil's always in the digital details, though. Um, so we're, we're coming together today, and uh, really it's to um, talk about what's going on in the world. Obviously, with coronavirus and everything, we've got a lot of things going on. We see people acting, reacting differently and stuff like that. And um, one thing's for sure, I, I think anyways, it has really helped uh, shake out Christians pretty heavily. Uh, those who have strong faith, uh, those who don't. Those who fear the unseen uh, virus more than they fear God himself, those sorts of things. Um, and, and, you know, we can all talk about our faith and everything all we want to. But when the stuff gets real, you, there's no more impersonators, right? Immediately, the, those who impersonated are identified quickly. So as you look around your Christian brothers and sisters, you'll, you'll know who talk, walk, talks to talk, walk to walk, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think uh, more than anything, um, you know, it's, it's a little disturbing for me to see people change their life as much as they have during this in to save their backside, if you will, from the supposed virus. Right. And yet they did very little in their life. No big turnaround change to save their soul from the lake of fire. And that is frustrating to me um, that, you know, you'd have that much fear for a virus. Can't see it come, can't see it go. And, uh, you know, you're hiding in the home. You you got your kids freaked out. You got all this stuff going on. And it's like, do you talk to them about God that heavily? You know, about how important it is to uh, abstain from sin, but to please the Lord and share the gospel. And the answer I know is no. Uh, For the most part, um, in most households, I guarantee you they've done more for this than they have anything else. But I was going to say, they don't take take 10 minutes to even investigate Christianity and the Lord and God and Jesus, but they will investigate. They will they will take hours upon hours upon hours diving into what Corona is, how to get away from it, how to save themselves, yes, how, how to buy hand sanitizer and toilet paper. I mean, it's just crazy. It, so. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, how many clicks did they do in the last three months on all of that, and how much was it for the for the Lord for learning more in the Lord? And you you'd see obviously yes, it's weighted very one sided. Um, but, uh, you know, part of the reason for, for coming here today, too, is talking is I get into a lot of discussions as we're going through this time. You know, I always ask people, what are you going to do differently going forward? What did this what did this bring to you? Right. Because the foolish will return to the way they were and the wise will prepare differently. They will say, you know what? I was vulnerable and I wasn't ready. And wow, what a great opportunity to to make myself uh, self-sufficient and ready for what comes next, right? That's just common sense. However, I can tell you the majority of the world will just go back to the way it was. That's just the way it'll be. 
and that's the and that's th- unfortunate. And, the, and one other thing I wanted to mention was that, you know what I mean? They everybody prepares and gets ready when crap's hitting the fan, but we should have been ready months and months before. We should have been we should have been prepared for this just as if we're being prepared for end times type stuff. It says to prepare yourself. So I think it's a little too late when you're running to the store to buy, you know, bricks and bricks of toilet paper while everybody else is when you, you should have had everything prepared beforehand. Well, that's just it. If anything, it establishes how vulnerable each person is, right? When you go to the store, oh, the store doesn't have what I need or want, whatever you want to look at. And that should go off in someone's head as a, as a vulnerability is really what it should do. It's say, wow, um, what if this was worse? What if not the toilet paper, but the food I need to eat isn't there? Well, they're eliminating. Well, I do. They're limiting right? uh, ground beef to one per person. Yeah. Well, they were limiting burgers. eggs. They were limiting a lot, but I mean, like literally, it's it's not even there yet. Is what I'm getting at. Like we're not even at the point where it's serious. It seems serious because the media is hyping it, but it's not serious in that way. So imagine every store you go to and you have no food. Imagine something like that. There's a vulnerability that you should not want to be a part of. Now, I can tell you um, through this whole thing, the people that are completely affected differently, right, are the Amish, right? They're, they're not affected like you or me because we got to go to the box to get our food. That's what we do. We go to the box store, we get our food. And as long as somebody filled the box, we get to eat. And if they don't fill the box, oh, crap, our dog bowl's empty, and now we don't get to eat. That's not, not how God intended us to even live when you think about it. He always talks about putting food in your storehouse, your grain in your storehouse, oil in your lamp, and these sorts of things, because it's just sensible. Not every year, not every decade even, for that matter, is going to be great, wonderful, prosperous, and in an abundance. And so even in a financial situation, if, if you don't have six months of money stacked and you, get, you lose your job, you, right, you're, 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 in, you're in terrible trouble, if you will. So even from a financial aspect, they tell you to prepare. So um, you not only need to be prepared, you know, from a physical nature of food, water, shelter, and those sorts of things where at least you can weather the storm a little better, but also, you know, you need to be saved, obviously, right? Doing all this preparations doesn't mean anything if you're not saved anyway. So <clears throat> as Christians, you know, the encouragement is that, uh, number one, this woke up a lot of people because I get the phone calls from them and they're like, just the bell went off, right? Like, ding, ding, ding. Like, oh my goodness. I'm like, yeah. Hey, isn't it great that the Lord gives you a little warning shot to get you, get to spark in your behind, you know? Um, and, and then the next question is, what do we do? You know, what do we do? It's like, well, we just want to think about the system of the beast. We want to think about what we're going to be, how we're going to be able to live through that. So God gave us all of this beautiful Bible and all of Revelation and all this detail, not because it doesn't pertain to you as a Christian. That's an ignorant thought. It's because it's very important to you as a Christian. And even the disciples, right? They wanted to know, how do we know when? Why? Why do we ask, why do you check the weather? Well, because if it's going to be a snowstorm, you might want to have a heavier jacket. If it's going to rain, you might want to have an umbrella or just be prepared to get wet, whichever the case is. But those are the things that you're looking to do is to just make it so that you can your experience in the storm is better than it would have been if you had not prepared, right? Think about being on a boat in the ocean. Now, there's, there's 10 boats, and all 10 boats here across the radio. Major storm coming, major storm coming. Okay? The one guy you see nine, just sailing right into the storm. <laughs> well, you see nine boats turn around and they head back in. And you see the one guy out there, well, yeah, I don't care. I got faith. I'm just going to stay right here. 
Now, this is this is the storm that Christ is bringing, right? And you go, well, I got faith. You don't have your life jackets on, nothing. Next thing you know, by the time the waves are coming over your boat, you're going to drown. You're going to drown. And it's okay. You're still going to be with Christ. Don't get me wrong. Uh, fear of death is, is not bad. But the putting yourself through turmoil that you didn't need to is where you'll be regretful. You can only hope for a quick death. But what if it's months? What if it's years, right? The system is going to be designed in case you guys, right, you've been looking. I know we all tend to look at what's going on in the headlines. We know that they want to use not only vaccination as a push, right, to help even bring the IDs to your hand and so on. But they're using the monetary system, too. So we have two animals, really, if you will, working towards wanting to put chips into people. So I think more now than now, more than ever, we have seen enough in the news. I think there's people who would have doubt, doubted that are now beginning to see it's becoming right in front of their face. It's no longer in documents that I have to get from the government's website to find them. Now it's just being brought out to you in mainstream. And make no mistake about it, um, they want our society to be cashless, and they also want you to be vaccinated. They want you to be tracked. Why? Because that gives absolute power, and this is something that's important to understand because the beast has absolute power. The Bible says so. So... When we get to that, and it's, and it's not just a human being, it's not just a celestial being, it is not just, you know, a country or a nation, it is all of the above that is coming together. This beast is working this global system. And so, you know, why do we want to know? That's th- those are things we're going to get into is, is the why. Because Christians, you know, I, I, this is the biggest thing. Now, keep in mind, my calling is to make sure that Christians don't fall victim to the mark of the beast. Preferably that they don't, what, what I call the hour of temptation, and we'll get into that, that they're not putting themselves in a bad position where they might give up their faith, either de- deceptionally, if you want to say that's word, um, because the beast deceives people to receive the mark. That's what we have to understand. People are going to want this. It's not that they're going to run from it. They want this. And think, look at the people calling out for vaccinations right now. And we do. We, we have the right. We should know who's vaccinated and not. Understand the rhetoric you're hearing is all pointing to we need a system that tells us who everyone is, who has what, blah, blah, blah. That's where they're pushing to. And so it's funny because, you know, my, my PowerPoint from the Mark of the Beast is, you know, a, a couple years old, right? You can go back right into there and go look at the accelerators on there. And look at one of the accelerators, epidemic, pandemic is right on there. Why? Because things like anything that causes fear accelerates the mark of the beast. So here we have a crash in the in the economy systems that helps usher out the new economy system. We have uh, um, the fear from the pandemic. We have fear of terrorism, which is now subsided to some extent. Make no mistake, it's going to come back. If you notice now, they're leaving the coronavirus fear pandering, and now they're pandering murder hornets. Okay, just just understand, it's the next piece of fear. Why? If they keep you in a constant state of fear, they'll be able to control you because all people want, just let me get back to my normal life and my social media and my friends, right? This is what people are thinking. And unfortunately, again, the fool's, We'll want that to come back as it was. The smart people will say, I will never be that vulnerable ever again. Because when this gets real, it's going to get ugly, ugly. Look how stupid it got just over something. Uh, you know, I, I think we can all witness our own our own lives and what we've actually witnessed ourselves versus what the TV makes it out to be. So um, there is there is a lot of danger in that. So um, I don't know. I talk I mean, a lot. So. Yeah, no, you're good. One <laughs> thing I wanted to bring up um, is, is – 
because a lot of people can, and we've, we've done a podcast on this is, you know, why does God allow the coronavirus to happen? And, you know, you always hear that all, all good things come from God. I think that's a James verse. Um, but also what God can do with the coronavirus. Oh. You are not, you are not a slave to this. Nope. And though God does not show the coronavirus into existence, he's not the, the, the one that has created it because it is, it is the flaw of man. It is nature itself that is now flawed from the mm-hmm. original sin that is brought upon the coronavirus. It's what God can do with it. And what God can do with it is, can be something as so minuscule as to be personal to as nationwide. Um, I feel like personally for me, and it's, you, you can sit back and think to yourself, what is coronavirus? What, what is God teaching me? Through? For me, it's been patience. It's been to appreciate the time that I'm able to spend with my fiance because we live an hour apart. I almost got pulled over the other day because I was driving not to work. You, you know what I mean? You're, you can get in trouble for that where we live. So it's it's patience and it's it's uh, accepting that we I might not be able to see her, but it's okay. And I'm going to appreciate the time I have with her. But on a, on a, on a, a global sense, you can view it as even even just for you, let's say it could be a time for you to just get close to God because you are you have nothing to do. Right. Well, that's um, it's definitely did. <clears throat> that's what I've seen in the calls uh, to me is it allowed people now to start really thinking and dwelling. And I get it's funny because I'll pick up the phone and they'll be like. What do we need to do next? Like, literally, that's the first thing that comes out, and I start laughing. I'm like, oh, goodness, you know. I'm like, welcome to the table, you know. Um, one thing's for sure we've seen, as you mentioned, getting pulled over just because you're driving somewhere. If the people in our nation don't realize that their freedom is nothing more than their imagination right now, if they haven't seen that, then shame on you. Because as you can see overnight, the powers to be will reach and grab and do things you never imagined. You let, let's, dial, <clears throat> let's dial back to 2019. Anybody imagine we'd be here doing this at this point? You know, and, not you know, at all. No, not at all. So don't act like, oh, well, yeah, I knew. I knew. No, nobody knew. Everyone's going on. And then out of, out of nowhere, we're going through this. And the whole globe is shut down, by the way, for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. So if you don't think this is monumental and biblical, and there's a reason for this, then again, you're, you've got blinders over your eyes and you just want things to go back to normal. And guess what? You'll, you'll get your wish. You will. It'll be kind of normal, but you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable state. Now, uh, I mean, I don't know, as far as the controls for that, I mean, what have you had anybody harass you? I mean, you know, Tyler, you know, you preach, you go into church. Is anyone harassing you for, you know, congregating people at all, you know, anything like that? I haven't heard too much. I've I've seen some stuff on social media, like for Ascent Church. Um, you know, we posted our live stream, and we were getting comments on our drive-in services, which is ridiculous. I think it's great. <laughs> drive-in services is like you know what happened in Texas is that that the sheriff's office and these police officers are coming. They're jotting down the license plate numbers of everybody in the parking lot of this drive-in Easter service. They're all getting five hundred dollar tickets, which is ridiculous. But we were getting. You know, I, I know of one person in particular who posted something about – he basically shared a news article about the church that was – it was a great article. But he was just talking about, you know, there's people congregating outside. There's pe- you know, there's too many people that are, you know, too buddy-buddy. There's too too close. They weren't social distancing. It was just – it's kind of crazy. Um, I think people are just being so – like you said, they're just so fear-driven. And it's like it you're just pushed off a ledge of fear. And the only way to get pushed off a ledge is if you're close to it to begin with. Mm. You know yeah, what I mean? And the only good. way, the only like way to get away from the ledge is you got to back off. And so many people ask the question, well, how close can I get? That's like the question that people like to ask. If 
for me when I like before I got married, uh, I've been a Christian for almost ten years now, and I would always ask the question with my girlfriends, "How far can I go?" Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> I don't want to have sex before marriage, but how far can I go? What is the line, and how close can I get to that line? I go to get and really I, close, <laughs> really close. And you know, like. Every every guy listening right now, and I'm sure women understand this too, but you get so close to the line, there's no going back. And right. it, mm-hmm. It's the right. same way with fear. It's the same way with sin in general. The only way to get away from the ledge is to back off and draw lines that are further back. Yeah. You, you, you can't get too close, man. That's why they call it a booby trap. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I will say this also. What, what else did you really notice? If you're a Christian and... As we get into the further into this message, because we're getting a lot of scripture, and this is important because the Bible is what counts, not our thoughts, not our feelings. At the end of the day, it really, it really doesn't. Um, but one thing you noticed is how when the Bible talks about, you know, your neighbors, your sons, your daughters, your foes will be they of your own household. Look at the division just this invisible virus has created, and you get people turning people in, Okay. Kids were at the park down the street, three kids the other day, and somebody called on them and the sheriff shows up to make them go home, okay? Because they're in the park. They're in this huge wide open area. And no, 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 they can't. Somebody called on them. In fact, there's a neighborhood watch app out here, supposedly, and people are tattling on people left and right. Anything you could do. Anybody can anything. And it could have been your neighbor that you would have just had a barbecue with three oh weeks yeah ago. yeah yeah don't trust me the snakes the snake will look at you in your eyes and hiss and you'll be like oh hey friend you know um the bottom line is is what we're seeing is is the world for instance we say this right the government is not as powerful as all the people together are and they don't have enough military even to hold us all down should we uprise but they militarize half of the people and now they have control. And how do they do that? They put fear. Those people look to the government for their answer. They get their answer and they will turn on everyone else who doesn't fall in line with what the government says. So you don't have to worry necessarily about just even the, the police or different things during end times or during Mark of the Beast times. You got to worry about your neighbor turning you in. You got to worry about the people on your left and right. That's the danger. And we have seen this all throughout the Corona, how opinionated obviously everyone can be the level of fear someone is driven by and what it will cause them to do no i i uh i work um right now i'm working right now and i'm wearing masks and gloves and stuff like that i get some of the dirtiest looks i own my own business i get some of the dirtiest looks when i'm driving down the road looking for someone to dress you gotta go slow someone like look at my van and be like dryer vent cleaning and be like you're like i could see what they're thinking and it's like Come on, man. I got to make some money. <laughs> I can't get unemployment, so help me out. <laughs> right, right. And one thing I wanted to ask you, Tyler, is do you feel like, because um, you're obviously very into, you know, you're very incorporated with, with the church, do you feel like there's a, a stronger coming of Christians right now? Or do you feel like there's more visitors at your church? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything like that? Do you feel like it's a larger, a larger growing? I think what the Bible talks about is the separation. And when... Tribulation comes when fire comes. There's a separation when gold is put in the fire. There's a separation between what is pure and what is not pure. And I think that times like this really show, like Jonathan was saying in the beginning, people you know who are who are genuine in their faith, who are not going to fear no matter what's coming their way, and people that aren't going to be, you know, mm-hmm. the people that are filled with fear. <laughs> and so what I think is, there is a genuine coming together of Christians right now. We've seen. I've I've personally. It's there's something in the air right now where I can feel it. Um, our church is really 
is growing. You know, our church, I feel closer to the people there, like with, with the worship team. I'm on the worship team and play guitar and stuff like that and sing. And people on the worship team, we're just closer together. I feel like there's a, a greater brotherly kind of bond, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a family feel. And people are coming together. We're getting plenty of, you know, visitors at the church and stuff like That's that. Good. But I do think that there's a separation. You know what I mean? I think this, the, the Christians yep. will get stronger and the people who aren't get, you know. Separate the it sheep gets, from the goats, my Jesus friend. said, I came yeah. not to bring peace, but a sword. This yeah. Is a division, you know? I love that yeah, verse. That's a very good verse. Go ahead, Stone. <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> we talk about what God can do with coronavirus, and it's we've talked about a lot of the negatives, but there is some good. I mean, you do see your fellow Christians out there, and you generally your guard is down because you're all going through this together. So you're looking at each other one in the eye saying, hey, we're going through the same thing. You have a little more love for one another. It's easier to be kind, and it's bringing some people closer together, but that fear aspect is such a controller. That is where you get people, just like the Bible say, brothers turning on brothers, sisters on sisters. Hey, you know, you shouldn't be leaving the house. Coronavirus is out there. If you go, I'm going to tell on you type stuff. I mean, we're seeing it happen. People really are. Next-door neighbors, brothers, fathers even saying, son, don't go out of this house. If you go out, don't come back in. You know, don't bring that back in. And Bible says it right there. It'll happen. And not yep. even that, but even just with all this we're about to talk about, this should be a warning to any real Christian that has read Revelation, that understands Revelation, just how fragile society is. Yep. Just how important, just how important Revelation, Revelation, every single sentence in the Bible, in my opinion, is just as important as the next or the previous. So Revelation is just as important as Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's just as important as the smaller Bibles. Uh, smaller books, James, uh, all those. It, it's just as important. So you can't you can't discount this, especially after seeing a time. So in a bigger scheme of what God's doing with coronavirus, He's just poking you and going, "Hey, uh, maybe it's time to to really review Revelation again and realize how serious this is." Yeah, and um, you know, I will say this too. You know, here there there's the sta- there's the rule and then there's the exception right as we hear in life you know there's the rule that's made and sometimes there's exceptions to that so i will say this for all time prior to now something like the mark of the beast we could say was irrelevant that's a fair statement why well if we don't have the technology to impose it then it's not something people had to worry about obviously many people have died just of old age up till now, and the mark of the beast wasn't something they really had to deal with. But, and this is where Christians forget, you know, they, they look at the standard of the Bible, the rule, and they forget about the prophecy, which is the exception now. This is a different time. So you have to be prepared differently. Like, for instance, in, in Revelation, you know, uh, the Lord talks about, you know, fleeing. When you see the abomination of desolate, flee. Okay, it's, it's, it's the exception, isn't it? It's the one time we're being told to flee. Um, and I think that that is, is important for people to understand. That means what do you do when you flee? Well, then you better be prepared. If you're not prepared, then lest you have to run naked, right? You know what I mean? Like, wow, wouldn't that be terrible? So we live in a different time that for the first time in all of history, the prophecy is able to be fulfilled. So now we have to watch differently. And as, as we learn in the scriptures, we get there, you know, the disciples wanted to know and all that sort of stuff. So what I'm here to tell Christians is we are in a different time. And it's exciting because you literally can put your finger in the Bible and say, I am here. Like I'm literally part of the word of God forever. I'm in between these two words. <laughs> yeah, like right here. I'm, I'm here forever. Um, that's really cool because guess what? 
lot of Christians before you couldn't couldn't say that. They were and, just in the world, you know, and living and, you know, going on and doing the normal. But in end times, now Christians have to rise up, and it's going to take hard Christians. Christians who don't, or they're not afraid to tell the truth of the word, and they hold steadfast under all ridicule, uh, and they're able to help pull people together, help provide the answers, because that's what the Lord is calling up people right now. If you're the standard everyday, you know, uh, soft and whatever, hey, that's great. Do what you do. But that's not going to that's not going to suffice in end times. People need something more and they should be getting informed. Right. You know, as we teach in the word, we are responsible for those who have knowledge to the rest of the Christians, the rest of the sheep. We are to be a shepherd to them. We are to tell them the wolf is at the edge right there. It literally, it is coming and we need to be prepared. And if you're not warning Christians, that doesn't mean fear pandering. I'm talking about just preparation, right? It's better to be prepared and you'll be less scared. And when you got preparation, you know, I mean, like for instance, if you're on that boat and the sea is rocking and you got your life jacket on and you have a locator beacon and all this sort of stuff, your level of fear is less than someone who stands naked in the boat with nothing and realizes when these waves come over, I'm going to drown. I'm going to swim as hard as I can and I'm still going to fail. Like that's the difference of saying, you know what? I'm going to go ahead ahead of time. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to get my life jacket in place, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm saved. Got that. All right. Yes. But even being saved, the Lord says you're going to go through some serious stuff. He didn't say, guess what? When you're saved, it's going to be warm and fuzzy for the rest of your life. You won't have to suffer tribulation. You won't have to deal with death. Remember, your Christian brothers and sisters are being beaten and killed and worse for that matter, worse all over the world right now just because of their faith. So sometimes it's hard when we sit in our comfortable chairs and uh, play armchair, you know, quarterback, if you will. Uh, you know, we don't understand what real tribulation is, but there are many that do. And we are not any more special to God than them. We have to remember that. And in fact, the scripture says, right, we are not greater than our master. So Christ said, hey, they, they um, beat me to death and nailed me to the cross and you are not greater than me. So basically he's saying, you got to at least be prepared to endure that, right? Wow. Okay. So Christians who think like, Hey, no, it's all going to be good. Well, okay. Unless you've been dragged out, you know, beaten, uh, and hang, you know, nailed to a cross, you haven't even had what your master has. So, and we're not greater. So it's important to understand it. Now, again, if you're smart and you prepare ahead of time, it'll be a lovely thing. And honestly, Christians will need to pull together in end times. Why? Well, first of all, when the scripture says, if he doesn't cut the day short, no flesh would be saved. He's telling you, you're going to be the minority. You're going to be in small numbers. And any Christian that watches TV, you understand that's the case. That's the case. Okay. You know, and then the old question always came up, well, you know, how much time do I have? Whatever. Now, I can tell you that um, one of the biggest, uh, most dangers, I would say, that are out there to Christians is thinking that they will not have to be here for any of this. And I'm sure as things start to close in, they're starting to realize that that might not be the case. Um, and that's what's important. So if you know you're going to be here, that's the question I have for a Christian. Let's, let's say for a minute you're wrong. You think you're not going to be here for any sort of major tribulation or whatever, and you're not going to be here for the mark of the beast, blah, blah. Okay, let me just pause for one moment. Let's say you are. What do you do? And if you just say, well, I just have faith in Jesus. Okay, good. Then you'll be beaten. You'll be killed and all that sort of fun stuff. That's what you're signing up for. And you're not going to put oil in your lamp. God gave you this, this directions and you're going to do nothing with it. You're going to do nothing with it. Okay, good for you. 
Good for you. I mean, it's, when Glory gives me details, I do something with it. Doing nothing with it made no sense. And if that were the case, just might as well rip Revelation out of the Bible and throw it away. I mean, it's you know, it, you know God tells you. I mean, Jesus tells you not to covet. Not you know, love love thy neighbor. You know, you're going to listen to him in those aspects. But when he tells you to cut and run, when he tells you to prepare, and you're just like. Well, that, that's the other thing. I, 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 when I hear people say, well, I've got faith. You know, I've got faith. I do, too. I literally have 100% faith. You're telling me you have some faith. Because if you had 100% faith, you'd open your Bible and read and go, well, he said it's going to be like this for me. And you go, wow, I have faith not only in the blessings and the good, but I also have faith when he says that we're going to be in troublous times and the beast is given power to overcome those who keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that if you're in, in that circle, you know, easily accessible, if you hadn't already fled to the mountains, you're screwed. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have to go through a much harder time than those who really did have 100% faith. It takes faith to prepare for what the Bible says is coming. Anyone else can say, well, I'm not going to prepare. I just have faith. Someday I'll be raptured or whatever the case is. Hey, I do too. I do too. I just can tell you that even through this coronavirus, you can see the average person is not prepared, but they also don't know how to endure. And when it comes down to where not only are your resources being restricted, but there is serious things going on in the world, you're not going to have time to make preparation. And in case you hadn't figured that out with this, with this pandemic, uh, you're going to see that on a real situation coming where all of a sudden you can't get something for the store, not because it's not in the store but because you don't have the means to transact because you can't use the mark of the beast. That's the thing that people aren't considering. So all it is is about preparation. That's it. And at least thinking to that level, what can I do within my means to help my family? Because I don't care whether you got a wife, you got children, or you're single. Single men, eh, I don't feel bad for you. You could starve it out, do whatever. You'll be all right. You know what I mean? Suck it up, buttercup. You're going to war. You'll die. It, it is what it is. Because you got to remember, Revelation is a book of war, and it's a war on Christians. That's what it is. The whole thing is the devil really coming after Christians. Don't forget that. So you're, you're, you are who the devil wants to eradicate before the rapture. He wants to claim as many souls as possible. This is why you need to understand Revelation. It's about you. You are the tribulation saint. You are who's being sought after. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just something that Christians, if they get themselves at least somewhat prepared, and now their eye is on what's going on in the world, I think that they'll have a better chance uh, to understand, like, hey, how can, I, how can I be around outside of the system and still survive? Because as we're going to learn in a moment, what we learned from coronavirus, you ain't going to be able count on your neighbors you know what i mean they're going to turn you in you're going to be a prize to them you know if you will and that's what I, i've always taught people is like so don't think like oh your unsaved friends who took a mark like they're going to throw you a bone and you know help you out a little bit no <laughs> no no that would be a very poor plan to plan on um but uh i'm going to go ahead and just start in here and that way we can kind of get some structure going but also to uh, to get some Bible verses. Yeah, so, well, so what was with this whole packet you've printed off for us and this whole lesson you've kind of done for us, Jonathan? What was your what was your goal here? The goal really is two things. Um, there are too many Christians that believe they will not be here for any of this. Now, understand that is why God called me to this. It, literally, the the whole purpose for Affinity Christian Ministries as the start, which is why the Mark of the Beast and Rapture video is there was because there will be many Christians who have given their life to Christ who will take the mark of the beast. And remember, this is a different time. This is not the rule. This is the exception. This is the prophecy time. They will lose their salvation. Now, 
You might get Christian and say, oh, you can't, you know, you get the Calvinist, right? You know, oh, once a Christian, always a Christian. It doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. This, you know, no, no. Anyone, and we're going to read that in a moment under the why, that receives this is damned to the lake of fire. Anyone, anyone. And the Bible confirms that through multiple steps. So I would hate to see a Christian family that's lived a Christian life screw up and damn themselves because of something God said. Now, mind you, there's nothing else really that we see in the Bible uh, that's as damning as the mark of the beast. There just isn't. In fact, it's mentioned at every major point in Revelation that only those who have not received the mark will be with Christ. That being said, that means you are here. You as a Christian are here, and only those who don't receive the mark are the ones that are raptured. So I don't want to see uh, thousands or millions of Christians uh, really um, ultimately go to the lake of fire that otherwise, at least knowledge-wise, would know deny the mark at all costs. Doesn't matter if you're being pressured or otherwise starved to death, then whatever it is you have to do, be put to death. It doesn't matter. Just be prepared ahead of time. And that's why the Bible even says about having children in those days and all this other stuff. It's like, it's very, um, when Mason, you know, had uh, uh, Adonis, uh, Mason Glynis had Adonis, you know, it, it's a different pressure when you have a baby now to tend to when you're in perilous times. Way different than if you didn't have a child in the picture. It just is. And, and, and the Lord even warns us of that in the scripture, right? Well, isn't it woe, woe to woe those, to those give, give suck? suck. Yeah, and we're going to get into those verses. So basically, yes. I, now, obviously, the unsaved, they can hear this message and they'll start to realize, you know, number one, about the mark of the beast. And, and it, this is out there, period. They know about these marks that are going to be coming around, whether it's to mark vaccinations to start with or whether it's for transaction. It doesn't matter. The same technology fulfills this prophecy. And that's key. So if someone says, oh, this is just your medical ID, that is part of the deception. No, it's not. It is the same technology to use to buy and sell. Literally, you can use it to buy and sell. And guess what else? All of your registers are already equipped with, with the readers. They're already equipped. So your world is ready for this. And, of course, things like cryptocurrency and other things are ushering in a society that doesn't even need banks anymore, which is even more powerful. Okay. And real quick before we get started, I just wanted to let – Anybody know that who, who's listening to this? This is going to be a lot of revelation type stuff. And if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this right now, and, and you feel like you know something is calling you to to do some more research, I would highly suggest not. I mean, obviously finish the podcast, but don't start diving into Revelation. If dive into Revelation and what we're talking about enough to maybe think to yourself, okay, maybe there was a God who created the universe. Maybe there was a Savior that came to the earth and died for my sins. And, and go back and, and research and, and learn about him. Because I see too many times where a, a new Christian will get just like, just all involved with Revelation and then they get scared and then they start questioning too much. Really, when you become a, a new Christian, you need to really understand Jesus. You really need to understand his sacrifice. You need to understand his love. So that way, when you get into all these difficult things, you understand. You can't start with, why Why does this happen? Why does this happen? Who does this? For what? You need to start with who he is, how much he loves you, and then those questions just come to you through his grace and through the Holy Spirit. Yep. So, yep. You start to seek the, the knowledge more and more. Um, and... <clears throat> The again with the Christians that think, okay, if you're a solid studier of Revelation and Rapture, by the way, this is perfect for you because we're going to take it slow. We're going to read some stuff just to kind of set the premise, but then 
I'm going to have you read with your own mouth, out of your own Bible, the word and what it says so that I can get you straightened out. Because if I talk to you and you're not looking at the scripture, the bottom line is, is you won't hear me. When you hear your own voice say it, you will hear yourself. And this is what I use on, on Facebook. This is what shuts it down right now is by getting them to read the scripture and say, what does that say? What is happening here? And, they, and, and any person who can read the English or pretty good, um, they can see <laughs> right away, like, oh, I was mistaken, right? Whatever special they watched on TV or whatever it was that led them astray. And I just watched one the other day, and, and I'll tell you what, he did great on Old Testament. He got a New Testament. He botched that terribly. In fact, coming to the point of telling Christians they don't have to worry about the mark being an actual mark going in your body and all this other stuff. Oh, it's marked as whether you celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday or Sunday. It's the papacy, blah, blah, Listen, listen, listen. He skipped the whole thing. He skipped a lot of things in that. But I'm just going to tell you this. This buy and sell piece is very, very important because this is what the Lord is putting in his details to you. So you can't screw it up. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. There's a lot of details in the word. And when you read slowly. And you touch on the certain words in the scripture, you'll find out that the scripture is so descriptive and so perfect that you can't argue against it once it's plain, plainly laid out for you. So <clears throat> uh, let's see, Mason, go ahead and read the what there for me. So this is what we're talking about in general, right? During these times, this is what's coming up to you soon. Go ahead, Mason, the what? So in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man may may buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of <clears throat> of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Okay, so we're just we're talking about this mark of the beast, and I'm not going to go in depth with all you know what the mark is. Just listen. You're, there's a transactional device, right? That's going to go in your hand or in your forehead. Um, this is not uh, you know uncommon knowledge. You can look it up on the internet and learn all about the different options they have in there, from computer chips to actually embedded metallic ink tattoos, all kinds of stuff. And there's there's multiple uh, you know versions even in this thing, right? It's the mark, the name of the beast, or the number of his name in the right hand. Could be in your forehead. Could be, by the way, when we talk about right, it can be right or left, but it also could be right and wrong. Right meaning that your dominant hand. So I, I would not trust whether it's in right or left, period. Anything going into your hand or your head, bottom line, to me, is that mark, and it's ultimately going to be used to transact. So let's just, just be clear on that. Let's just move on from and, there. But and, Oh, yeah, and real quick, even with the foreheads, obviously, like you said, right, right hand or the right hand, it's even the forehead. Is it actually something that's going in your forehead, or is it – uh, even beyond, obviously, we, we do know it's probably going to be a, a, a transactional device in the hand. But even beyond that, even if you're worshiping the beast and or his mark and or his number and or his name in your mind, beyond that, even if you don't take the mark, but I'm still going to go with his ideology, you're still probably going to be damned to God's wrath. Would you agree? Well, if you're doing that, you're taking his mark, yeah. too, oh, though. Yeah, you know saying. what I mean? I mean, not 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 figuratively, literally. Yeah. Because this this is a buy and sell. Remember, this is a buy or sell. So just thinking about someone or worship, that has nothing to do with your buy and sell. Remember that. Because that is where I've seen so many fall off the track and think it just has to just to do with worship. Listen, putting the chip in your eyebrow, by the way, is your forehead area. And the fat of your eyebrow can hide a chip so easily. And guess what? It sits right above the retinal scanner. And so you get your high level, level officials that utilize that piece. So 
understand that this mark is there and yes worshiping the beast of course is part of that taking his mark is part of the worship it's about stepping into that but make no mistake when we look at this obviously you worship god and god only right and so Beyond that, there's this transactional device that can get you caught up pretty quick, um, and it's going to set people apart, literally, the marked versus the unmarked. Um, now, again, Christians, you ask why, okay? And uh, uh, Mason, you want to go ahead and read the why? So in Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through 11, And the third angel followed him, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink from the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest, nor day, nor night. Who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. So that's the why. Do you want to know why? Because being tortured with fire and brimstone, the presence of the Lamb and the angels forever. That's why. That's how serious this is. It says, if any man, right, worship the beast image and receive a mark in a forehead or his hand. See, there's there's a separation, right, of worship and mark. So they're two different things. Um, and so... Anyone who receives this right is, is hooch. There's no, there's no warm and fuzzy in this at all, <clears throat> at all. So that's the why. Okay, so I care about your soul. I care about you as a person. And your vulnerability will lead you to make horrible decisions. All right? I don't want you to put yourself in a spot where you're that much more vulnerable and you're likely to convince yourself that whatever, that whatever this is, it's not the real thing. That's, that's, the, that's the danger of this whole thing. And guess what? It's a danger that previous Christians didn't have to worry about. You are in a different time. So we don't use the rule of the Bible, if you will, the standard of all the time before this. We now have to move to the exception, prophetic times. Now there's something different that you have to worry about that the Christians before you did not. Sure, they read about it, but the prophecy couldn't be fulfilled because it says all, right? We needed global control. The digital system that's been built, the digital rat cage, as I like to call it, is what we've trapped ourselves in. But that's ultimately going to help empower the beast. I mean, just like how you're saying, um, like, this may not be the, that mark. What happens if someone told you prophetically, you're going to get in a car accident within the next year? Are you just going to say, this isn't my time and I'm not going to put my seatbelt on this time? It doesn't say you're going to die in the car accident, but you're going to get in some sort of a car accident. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Are you just not going to put your seat? Uh, it's, it's not going to happen this drive. But it could. So if this, you got to take those chances. You know what I mean? If this could be it and you're wrong, okay. Oh, <laughs> we we were wrong and it's okay. We're, we're going to be fine. We were prepared. Who cares? You, but if you're if you are wrong that it and it is it, oh, you're screwed. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's just one of those things of like, are you gonna take? Are you really gonna take that chance? So and and I will say this too. Um, as as we talk a little bit, you know, Christians might say, well, you know, why is any of this stuff even important? You know, besides obviously the fact that this could send you to lake of fire. So that's really important. Um, but I, I will say this on the, in the next heading too. Uh, Stone or Tyler, which one do you want to read the next uh, piece there? Um, so uh, the disciples knew it was important, and, and faith is 100%. That means in the good and bad of what the Lord said is going to come. So let's hear from the disciples. Let's, let's hear about what they were asking under there. And um, Tyler, go ahead and read that, Matthew 24, 3 through 14. Sure. Verse 3 says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, 
Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these things, or excuse me, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this is the gospel of the kingdom. Excuse me, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Okay, so I don't know if you really want to break down. You go through these bullet points in, in somewhere in there, right? Um, his disciples felt it was important. When, Lord? What, what, what should we keep our eyes out for? If they thought it was important, and it ought to be important to you too. They didn't say, like, Lord, you know, when do I get my social media back? No, no, no. Lord, what do we need to do to be sober and alert and to understand? Like, in the meantime... We could take a, you know, we're going to witness, but we need to know when it's going to get serious so we can what? Prepare. That's what they want to do is prepare. Otherwise, there's no sense in asking the Lord. So again, they were living in a time where Mark of the Beast, things like that wasn't important. But they said, when the end comes, I mean, wars, rumors of wars, you see all these pestilence things. But here in, in verse 9, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. Okay, Christians, if you have faith, you have faith in this also. Right there it is for you. Now, there's no warm and fuzzies in any of this, this stuff, except for the fact that when you perish, yes, you're with the Lord and there's no more pain. And I'm get, I'm, trust me, trust me, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing, okay? But you do have a physical body and it does feel pain and it don't like to starve and it don't like to be beaten. Uh, that much we all know. So do yourself a favor and prepare because as they talk about affliction and shall kill you and you'll be hated, meaning you're, you're not only hated, you're hunted. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're looking for you. They don't want to hear about you and what you have to say. There's going to be all types of many people being offended and betraying one another and hating one another. And all these false prophets, you know, I, I see false prophets talking to people like they don't have to worry about Mark of the Beast. Honestly, you know, like, this guy needs to be taken off the planet. You know what I mean? How many souls will be on his hand? You know, that's a dangerous thing to be saying to people. Um, but in, in verse 13, he says what? He that shall endure. Now, to endure something means you have to be prepared. If you're not prepared, you won't endure anything. You're just going to be like, ah, right? So if you're running a marathon, you prepare ahead of time so you can endure the marathon. And so as Christians, this coronavirus stuff should be a warning to you to start getting your stuff in line. Because trust me, you won't have much time to prepare in the near future. And we're going to learn that from some other scripture as well. So if you begin to prepare now, when things really do get sideways... At least your provision is there. At least you're prepared to ride it out. At least you've talked to the right people. At least you've got your community of who's going to help you get situated and how you're going to have each other's backs. Because in times of persecution, that's what helps you to survive is not being spread out all over the place, but literally back to back with each other and be like, hey, yeah, it's okay. We're, we're fine with losing our life, but we don't need to be miserable through the process. We don't need to make it worse. <laughs> Let's just put yeah, it there's a scripture in Romans, I believe it's Romans 15, but it says that we can rejoice in trials and sufferings and tribulation because we know 
that rejoicing in our trials and suffering, suffering produces endurance and endurance produces strong character and character mm-hmm. produces hope. And so this is like, this is great practice. Yes. You know, Thank to you. rejoice, Thank you. Yes. to rejoice in our sufferings is something that's so counterintuitive to the world and the way that we're taught to think and the way that we're raised. But it's, it's, it's the way that we produce endurance. You know, you put your body through on a treadmill and you run and you run and you run and you don't stop when it gets hard. That's how you produce endurance. Thing. You said the marathon. You don't just run a marathon. You you it's, train. Yeah. yeah. You make and sure you're ready. And your body, your flesh is so strong. And, you know, in the, in the garden where Jesus is praying, Peter's fallen asleep. You know, all the disciples, their eyes are so heavy. They're falling asleep. You know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, they, you know, there's all over the Bible, put your flesh to death. Crucify your flesh. Right. Yep. And, and, uh, one thing's for sure, as, as you mentioned, you know, um, Jesus, look, he, he was preparing to be on the cross when he was praying in the garden, right? He's preparing even Christ. He's like, you know what? <clears throat> I gotta get down. I gotta pray. I gotta be prepared for what's about to happen next. Cause it's not going to be so great. He knew exactly what he was going to endure. And, uh, unfortunately for us, we don't know exactly what are we will endure. We can, we get the general picture. We have no idea, you know, again, some of us are going to be enduring very serious things more so than others, just depending on how the uh, cookie crumbles at the time. And uh, one thing's for sure is you'll never regret having preparation. You'll only regret not having it. That's the fact. Absolutely. Um, and so this, this Matthew 24 just really is a beautiful piece to remind you of, of, the, of the times and what it will be like, okay? I mean, that must have been scary. I mean, reading it now and seeing it kind of come to fruition in a sense is, is scary. But imagine if you just asked Jesus yourself, how do we know the how do we know the end's gonna come? And he says all of that. There are gonna be famines, pestilences, earthquakes, there's gonna be uh nation against nation, kingdom I mean <laughs> they were probably shaking in their boots. Yeah. Thinking well, to themselves like, What? <laughs> well they, they were basically getting the picture that this was gonna be a very serious time, different from the time they were in for sure. Um and let's reiterate, go on, Stone, go ahead and read that next uh, section there. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> you want me to read all the way through twenty two? Well, we'll start with Matthew. 10. Yeah, just go right down to, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead and read the whole thing to uh, 36 there. All right, so Matthew 10, chapter 10, verses 17. Uh, beware, of, beware of men, for they will deliver you, they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my name's sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. And the brothers shall deliver up the, bro- and brothers shall deliver up brothers to death, and father, and the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to, to the end shall be saved. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughters against his, her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be the eye of his own household okay so again this is just reiterating further for you um that even even in your own household people will turn against people now this is what i'm telling you you've witnessed this in the light version the pre the practice version in coronavirus we've seen this i've seen households literally split on that where you've got some in the household who are like this is ridiculous calm down you know what i mean if you're gonna die you're gonna die relax you know what i mean like wearing your little paper mask and hiding in your home is not a solution to the world's viruses okay if it was then all we have to do is go inside for four weeks shut the door come back out and the world's a clean place gee 
You know what I mean? So, but then you have the others who are living in fear. So we can see how the current times will give you a picture of the shark-like mentality of people just tearing up other people if they don't fall in line with the fear, right? If you don't fall in line with the fear, then you're you're a bad person. One, um, one thing real quick is with this Matthew verse we just read, which is 10, um, basically 17 and a few of 36, is it, it, this is obviously before Matthew 24, but he is first talking to the disciples and talking about how when you're spreading the gospel at this time, you will be delivered up. But he's also referencing at the same exact time, end time prophecy before they've even asked him about it with the fact that he's saying that you will be delivered um, in, in their synagogues and you will be killed and you will be um, just for my namesake. So he is not only talking about the current times for his disciples, but he's also referencing the end times before he's even asked about it. And I just think that's obviously amazing foresight, which God and Jesus has, but it's just amazing that it, the way the Bible is written, it's it's written in that way to, to almost say, okay, you're going to be asking me this question, so let me just kind of reiterate it a little bit. So, One other one I, I didn't have on here, what I, I wanted to share with you also, is Romans uh, 8.36, okay? And as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day, all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Okay, so again, you know, the Lord isn't concerned about really our fleshly bodies. He knows we were quickened to die. That, that's it in a nutshell, right? Uh, and so, but it's with him that's the promise, right? So people who want a world that's pain-free and whatever, this is a natural world that we live in. Okay, sickness, disease, pain, broken bones, car accidents. This is just part of the natural. This is human beings living in a very natural world, okay? Before the sin in, in the garden, things were perfect, when that was broken and sin was brought in, the system is now broken. And so Jesus comes in for the renewal, and we go to a new system with Christ later. That is where all the things that you want here, that is when you get it. That's when you get the love and the peace and the no more pain, no more hunger, no more sorrow, okay? So he's not promising you for that here on earth. So if you, I hear Christians talking about it, like, no, he didn't promise you that here. He promised you that with him in your celestial body. What he did promise you is that there's going to be some serious things coming to your flesh, fleshly body right here on earth, especially in end times. So, again, you know, I, I try to get to real people and I'm not trying to get them in fear. But when I see sheep bouncing around in front of the wolf and they just think like, oh, it's, I'm not going to get eaten. I just got fit. like it's again, it's different. Right. Like, I don't fear the virus. I could give a crap about the virus. It has nothing to do with me. If, the, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. But what I'm looking at is how the world is going to formulate in a way. And, and I'm going, okay, I need to be different from the world. It's time to even separate from the world more in terms of your dependency. As long as you're dependent on the world, you're, you're, you're really in a bad situation, I guess is my point. Um, so there, now let's, let's move on because we're going to get to the part. Now, I know, again, if you're a person who believes you're gone before then, we're going to get to these very specific verses. That's going to take whatever it was you learned before, and it's going to... Chuck it right out the window, okay? And it will be just Scripture. So you can't argue with the Scripture. But let's go ahead. Hour of Temptation. Um, you know, uh, I guess, I don't know, who wants to read Hour of Temptation? Um, you know, I'll go ahead and do that. I'll do that. Uh, Matthew 16, uh, 25 through 26. So, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So when we listen to this, um, you know, we're talking about there's going to be this moment really of decisions in your life. And this can, this can apply prior to end times, but this is certainly applying at end times, particularly with the mark of the beast. 
because you can gain the whole world if you just accept it. And life goes on good for you. But when you accept it, you've exchanged your soul. Literally, we've learned that in the scriptures we read, right? You go on a lake of fire. So, um, and then Matthew 10, 28, and fear not them which kill the body, which are, but are not able to kill the soul, but f- rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So we're talking about fear the Lord, right? Not man, not what's going on, meaning, you know, endure, prepare. And if they kill you, it's okay. Don't be afraid of that, Right. And again, Matthew 24, as we read, he, but he that shall endure the same uh, to, unto the end, the same shall be saved. So we've got told we need to be able to endure, endure, endure. There's going to be some rough stuff coming, things like that. This is part of faith. We're reading scripture. If you don't have faith in this and you don't have faith in the word of God at all in the first place, and this is why you need to buckle down and understand this is what real faith is. Either you believe in God's word or you do not. And if you do, it's both the good and the bad. We know we're going to be with him, but we also know we're going to go through some stuff. That's just life, okay? Um, But here's where we start to get into the problem. The problem that I see unequivocally is wrath of God. Christians misidentify the wrath of God. And this is what pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, all kinds of different people do. They misidentify the wrath of God. And they start saying things that aren't even biblical and true in order to push the narrative. But first thing I want to tell you is, listen, yes, Christians, one thing we all agree on is we're not subject to God's wrath. Okay, if you're, if you're a Christian. And that's amen. the beautiful. Yeah, amen. Right? Isn't that awesome? Like, I literally won't be here for God's wrath. So if we read, uh, James, you want to read that? Yeah, sure. uh, promises of no wrath. Now, there's four references. So go ahead, James. Yeah. John three thirty six. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Okay. Romans, so, yeah, I mean. Pretty, so right pretty, there we yeah. see it, right? God will be, the wrath of God will be on you if you have not believed on the Son. Romans 5, 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Okay, saved from wrath. Remember that. That's just a beautiful piece. You're saved from wrath. Okay, next one. First at the... First Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for his son from heaven, to whom raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Okay, so again, you're being delivered from wrath. You're not going to be here for wrath. Okay, next one. And real, real quick before I read the next one, how many times Paul references the grace of God is astounding. I, I, I think grace is in the Bible like 160 times, and he says grace, like he is so effectuated with it. He says it like 86 times or something through all his books. He is so effectuated with the grace that he is not going to allow you to suffer wrath. He's not going to allow you to suffer the lake of fire. He, 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 God is saving you. And so obviously that's why a lot of these are coming straight from him. And the next one's First Thessalonians 5, 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so those are, to my knowledge, the only four that I can find that say we're not subject to God's wrath, okay? And so we got four confirmations we're not here. So I think as Christians across the globe, we got this part we can agree on right here. Now, we've already read enough scripture. We've seen there's going to be some hard times. I mean, unless you don't understand the English we read, you understand that that's the promise. That's Those are parts of the faith, parts of the promise, all that sort of stuff. Now we go to the wrath, and we're, we're, we're told we're not going to have to deal with wrath. And, and, and I think a big problem is that people think that wrath is a well, very umbrella term, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, no, no. Well, that's why we're going to get into the next piece oh, right sorry, here. We're, sorry. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> so, so here's what is interesting. So let's go ahead. Uh, Tyler, will you read the wrath portion? Absolutely. 
Revelation 16, verses 1 and 2. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a, what is that, noisome? Mm -hmm. I've never heard that word before, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men, which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Okay, so what was poured out? Wrath. Wrath. Okay. And it was the wrath of God, right? Mm-hmm. And and who who was doing it? The angels did, right? They said go out. They were ordered, right, to go out and pour the wrath of God. And then, of course, it says, verse 2, and they went out and poured the wrath of God upon the earth. Now, oddly enough, the first people to receive wrath is who? Those who receive the mark right. of the beast. Right there, in verse 2. Uh, and the grievous sore is upon those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. So what it's telling you is right here, guess who's here for the wrath? People who took the mark of the beast, right? We know that. They're here. They're not raptured. They're, they're right there. And, of course, and then anyone else who wasn't saved, because there'll be people that still won't have the mark, but they won't be Christian. You know what I mean? Um, and so we know that the wrath is being poured out in 16, 1 to 2. Can I ask you a question? Can wrath be poured out before wrath is poured out? Does that even make sense? No. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Wait, wait. So, so listen, Christians. Open your Bible and read, right, in, in Revelation 16, uh, 1 through 2, and you see plainly, it is the only, and I'm going to say this because this is where we have to buckle down. This is the problem with, with folks out there. This is the only time in all Revelation where the wrath of God is being called and being poured out under the order of God to be poured out upon the earth. And as we said, it's silly to say wrath is poured out before it's poured out. No, it's being poured out here. Now, if now now, and I know there's there's other people who go, yeah, but wait, wait, wait so here. we'll get to those other verses. The bottom line is, you will not find anywhere in all of Revelation where God has called for His wrath to be poured out. I was going to say you have to stick to this. Yeah, you have to stick to this. It's not men or anybody else. This is the angels and God. This is what is happening. So, there's a difference in short, between pouring out wrath and talking about wrath. Well, yes, yes, exactly. And and here's the thing, um, when you look at uh, this right in sixteen one. So, what can we say about this? What did we just read in the four verses before? Are we here for wrath? No, sir. No. Okay, so it'd be fair to say we know we're not here for Revelation sixteen one, right? Because then, then, then the Bible wouldn't be true. All right. So we know we're not here. So, bottom line is, Christians, we've just read you're not subject to wrath, and the wrath of God isn't poured out until Revelation sixteen one. That means. You at least won't be here for Revelation 16.1. Fair enough, right? (laughs) Anything after that, you're not here for in that that sense. That's the only thing we can gather in all all Scripture so far. Now, if you back up, and this is why I start with wrath, because we have to, this is what just separates everything, right? Now I'm going to work backwards, okay? Now let's talk about the raptured victory, okay? Look in Revelation 15.2, which if you read Revelation 15.2, is the preparation of those vials, okay, before they're poured out in 16. But I'm going to read in Revelation 15, 2, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten victory over the beast, over his image, over the mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. So what do we see? We see, and actually, as you read, even if you read more into 15, they're singing songs and glory and praise to God. But they, what did they do? They got victory over the mark. Who is this? This is, this is us, and we're going to prove that as we step back. But this is, the, this is the, those who are raptured. Why? Because as we just read in 16.1, those who have the mark are now dealing with the wrath. 
just before that, we got people celebrating. They got victory over the mark, meaning they're not there anymore. They're not on Earth anymore having to deal with the mark of the beast, okay? Which, which by the way, the uh, sea of glass that it's referencing uh, to is the firmament, if uh, anyone's wondering or is curious about that. Yes, and, and that's, that goes into the creation uh, side of that as well, yes. Um, so, and that's Mason's specialty, so... <laughs> he got excited. He'll, yeah, I know, he'll, he'll, take, he'll take us an hour in that direction with it. But, but yes, um, and, and it's fair enough. It's good. If you guys haven't listened to, to some of his videos, you've got to check them out. Um, it's I'll good be stuff. redoing them soon here. Yep, and we've got some new ones coming up that you're going to like the structure on for sure. Um, so, what we've learned is the wrath of God is not poured out to Revelation 16.1. So, we... Won't be here for that. So then we ask ourselves, when will we be raptured? Not, not in terms of what date and time, but when in Revelation are we raptured? When can we put our fingers on it in the Bible, right? That's really what we're looking for. And how else will we know when we're getting close, right? That's what the disciples are asking. Like, how do we know? Those are the questions you should be asking, right? So we go to the next hard sticking point in all of Revelation. And this is what, again... You've ignored these scriptures if you believe the rapture is any sooner. You've ignored all of it. I know you have. And the teachers that teach it, I watch them do it. They're called false prophets. I watch them ignore the truth of the word in order to push their narrative. And it's going to cost you. So here's your, here, here is the rapture in the Bible. And you've got to read it every detail. Revelation 14, verses 14 through 16. Now, mind you, this is just before those harps of God, you, you're, you know, you see you're celebrating with the Lord. This the is 14, 14. That was 15, 2. And, right and, after. And then right this, is, this is also before the wrath of God, right? So biblically, this is the rapture happening of the Christians, right? So let's read it. Revelation 14, uh, 14 excuse me, chapter 14, verses 14 through 16. What, Mason, you want to read that? Go ahead. Yeah. And I looked at it, and behold, a white cloud and upon the Upon the cloud, <clears throat> one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he sat on the cloud and thrust his sickle in on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Okay, so in Revelation 14, verses 14 through 16, let's break it down. Very simple. And by the way, this is the only place in all of Revelation where we see these items come together where there's a rapture. There's no, none other place in all of Revelation. Okay, right. so let's look. What does it say? There's a cloud, a white cloud. Behold, a white cloud. Hmm. Someone's in a cloud. And upon the cloud, oh, someone's sitting on the cloud. Um, the Son of Man. Oh, my goodness. With a crown on his head. Hmm. With a, sar with a sharp sickle, right? In his hand, a sharp sickle. So here, and there's nowhere else in Revelation where you hear Son of Man, crown, sitting on a cloud, sharp sickle, right? This is it. It's the only place. And then there is an angel that comes out to him and cries with this loud voice. And he's saying, thrust thy sickle, it's time to reap, right? That's what we're hearing. So here we have the Son of Man in the clouds with the sickle, and the angel cries with a loud voice and says, reap. It's time to harvest. Now, what we're going to learn in a moment is that all those little components are going to contribute from other verses that will confirm also, not only is that the only part in Revelation where there is a rapture, but then on top of it, these other verses will. And so um, uh, the next section here is Revelation, or the rapture is after the last trumpet. And Tyler, if you would read uh, those, those two underneath that heading there. First Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, 
with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Then 1 Corinthians 15:52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead, pe the dead that, sh excuse me, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So, what's really important here is all these little pieces that are in here. There is uh, a voice of an archangel, right? That's going to be shouting. And we looked back up at Revelation 14. The angel shouts and says, "Thrust thy sickle." We see that um, uh, the Lord himself shall descend, right? And where do we meet him? It says, which we are alive, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. We meet the Lord in the air. His feet are not Wait, on the ground. he was riding on a cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so here you have your cloud. You have the Son of Man. You have the Lord in the cloud. He has the loud uh, archangel voice hollers and says, hey, let's go. It's time for thee to reap. So we meet all these pieces. Now, <clears throat> one other key piece is when do they say they both talk about the trump of God and particularly it hones it down to what? The last trump. The trumpet shall sound, and what happens? The dead shall be raised incorruptible. Okay, now we'll get into it later on as well. There's only two resurrections of the dead in the Bible. Anybody who tells you there are any more than that is, is preaching false, right? So the Bible talks about there's the first resurrection, and that, those will be with Christ forever, and the second death have no power on them. The second resurrection is at the great white throne judgment. So there's only two resurrections. So here we're being told it's got to be after the last trumpet, specifically. Now, what's funny is, go back to Revelation 14, verses 14 through 16, where Christ is in the cloud, getting told, you know, the angel is saying, hey, thrust thy sickle, all this stuff. Guess when all that takes place? After the last trumpet. Guess when else it takes place, as we read? Before God's wrath. Interesting. So here's the best way to understand the rapture. It's before God's wrath, but after the last trumpet. No trumpet, no rapture. That's literally what you're dealing with in this piece. So... How can anyone get that confused? So far, based on what we're reading, is there anything that's confusing? We saw wrath. We said wrath is poured out in 16.1. We talk about uh, uh, Christ being in the cloud in Revelation 14. Now, is there anything in this so far that you guys see that you misconstrue and say that's not Christ in the cloud? That is uh, not the uh, rapture. Is, is there anything you see that stands out to you? And, and trust me, grill it. Is there anything that would mislead you so far with what we read? Tyler, do you see anything? Mason, not do you see I anything? See. Not that not it would be misleading, but um, the a major verse that actually points this out too that reaffirms this uh, this uh, ch uh, passage in Revelation is also in Matthew twenty four as well when the disciples are asking Christ when and what are the signs you're coming? You know, tell us this, and Christ says immediately after the tribulation, shall you shall you see the Son of Man coming in the clouds? Right. So we know that the rapture is going to happen when Christ is coming in the clouds. And yet Christ himself said he will not be returning in the clouds until immediately after the, the tribulation. tribulation. And that's where I want to reiterate to people, God's wrath and tribulation are two different words. God used two different words in the Bible. Do not say wrath is tribulation or tribulation and is wrath. That is a mistake. If you yeah. do that, you are lying. You are lying. You are deceiving others. And that is what's going on in these words. We know wrath is wrath. God called it wrath. It was poured out. Everything before that is not his wrath. Everything before that is just tribulation. 
It's tribulation. It might seem scary to those who haven't had scary stuff happen to them, but literally wrath is wrath. Everything else is everything else. Wrath is like, how many of you have seen your parents, you know, a little upset, and then you've seen the wrath come out? Or is there a difference? There's a mighty difference, isn't there? Now imagine God's wrath, okay? You don't, that's not something you, you survive, okay? It's nothing. You just, you can't imagine. You wouldn't want to be here. That's why he'll spare us from that. And that's something uh, else. Oh, God. Hence uh, Noah's Ark. That's God's wrath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what wrath looks like. When God leashes wrath, uh, the globe perishes quickly. All right? That's that's the difference between God's wrath. Has he been angry since then at what the world's doing and people doing? Absolutely. You know how many times he wanted to wipe the Israelites out? And he repented even for that. And says, you know, and, and regretted making that. All this sort of stuff. Like, you can see he's been angry along the way, folks. That's no different. Um, in any time. Uh, but one thing you don't, you cannot do, you cannot exchange words like wrath and tribulation. And, and, and even to that point, it, it, it says in here specifically wrath of God. Yep. When it's stating that in, in that context, it is the wrath of God. Now, to that point, even if you're going to say, like in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, for God has not appointed us to wrath. Well, if someone wants to say, well, that means tribulation, not wrath, you can just simply go to the definition of wrath, and it says extreme anger. Now, <laughs> extreme anger comes from, anger is from within a body, within a consciousness. It doesn't come within nature and come within a society, let's say. So it, it's coming from a source, a single source. Someone's pouring out their anger onto you. So that's why it also is different from tribulation because tribulation is going to come from worldly things. And he's it's, not it's, it's, there's, yes, there's there's earthquakes, there's pestilences. It's a very natural spinning out of control world. That's that's really your tribulation and that's you know the devil coming after you so to speak like that, but that's not God's wrath. You know what I mean? That's just the devil doing his thing, God yeah. letting it unfold. Being what it is because he's got his time frame, the devil has to do his part so God can do his part. And that's really what it comes down to. But make no mistake, when God is ready and he says, you know, unleash the Kraken, you know, so to speak, right? He's going to say, now it's time, pour out my wrath. That's why so specifically you can read with your own words, Revelation 16.1, that that is when God says it is time. That is when it happens. And if you say it happens before that, you are lying to yourself, you're lying to others, and you have changed the word of God into a lie. Do not take what is written plainly and change it to your own benefit. That's what it says there. Now, one thing's for sure. Now, we read, obviously, the trumpet has to sound, right, uh, Tyler? You see that in there? Did anybody else see? We, we know we have to have a trumpet sound. That's what Thessalonians and Corinthians say. So it's important to understand if the trumpet hasn't sounded, there's no rapture, okay? that That is truth. Now, um, Let's see, uh, stone, uh, the trumpets are handed out. When, when are they handed out? Go ahead and read that. Uh, <clears throat> Revelations uh, chapter 8, verse 1. And when, he, and when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Okay, so for those of you who think uh, the rapture happened in Revelation 6, or Revelation 4, or whatever, let me just go ahead and point out to you that the trumpets didn't even get handed out till Revelation 8. Fair enough? What, does anybody misunderstand the English that was written? What's handed out? 
trumpets. trumpets. Okay, and what did Thessalonians and Corinthians say? What did they say? There has to be the trumpet sounds before we are raised, right? And who goes first? The dead in Christ, right? So pretty simple stuff so far. And it's not like whoever, it's not like someone that was, someone in the Bible or anybody was, someone random was saying that the trumpet has to sound. It's literally Paul stating a trumpet has to sound. I mean, you can't. I absolutely love Paul. I think all of his readings are amazing. But you can't get any more serious with a writer in terms of what they're saying. I mean. <laughs> well, also can't get any more plain. I mean, the, the reality is if you ignore the trumpet, guess what you get? You can push a different narrative, can't you? If you ignore uh, what is the wrath of God, you get a different narrative real quick. If you say, no, that's not the wrath. Well, that's the other wrath of God, as I like to hear people say, right? That's the other wrath, wrath. But there's wrath before there's wrath, you know, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man, like, there's diet wrath. <laughs> it's a, there's it corona called, wrath. It should be called wrath of man. Regular wrath. Wrath with aspartame. <laughs> that's, it. that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> um, so now the, the, the trumpets are handed out in Revelation 8.1. Now, I want to point um, something out here. We should too. make like a big board, okay, with all these verses, and then it's got a timeline, but then also it's like one of those like crime scene things where it's got strings hanging everywhere to like point to people like, look, this string goes right to there. <laughs> I, 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 t- I could do it with two strings, right? <laughs> Be- before wrath, after the right. trumpet. And that's as simple as that. That's all you have to remember, before wrath, after the trumpet. And guess what? It's biblically sound. There are what I don't know um, – I don't know, dozens, if you will, at least, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 verses that all confirm that same thing, literally. And the Bible does not contradict itself. And uh, that's what's important for people to understand is so far, there's nothing you can shoot holes into anything we've read so far because it's literally plain English. It literally tells us. And what's interesting here, we talk about the, you know, the trumpets are handed out in Revelation 8.1. And then in Revelation um, 11.15 and verse 18, this is where the angel sounds the trumpet for the wrath to come. So in the seventh angel... Sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and they shall reign forever and ever. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and thou should give us reward of thy service, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. So, right here in Revelation 15, literally, this is the trumpet sounding. The la- Guess what? It's the last trumpet. Okay, so literally this this goes right with your Thessalonians and Corinthians. This is the last trumpet. And what are they talking about here? It's saying it's time. It's time to give reward to the dead. Right. And for judgment things, he said it's time. And who goes first? Right. The dead in Christ go first. There's a trumpet sounding and we're talking about it already. It's time to give reward, give reward to the dead and those who are the saints and so on. It's time, Lord. We've blown the trumpet. What is he saying? Now that the trumpet has been blown. You can do what you got to do, Lord. Prophecy now can be fulfilled according to the word. Now, uh, interesting a lot, in, interestingly enough, right? So we already see that in here it is, a Revelation 11, the trumpet is sounded there. So you cannot have rapture before Revelation 11. Not biblically and be on point. You can't. Or wrath. Right? Um, or, or wrath, right? Yeah, wrath doesn't come out until later in 16. But you can't have a rapture before 11, 15 uh, because... There was no trumpet sounded. Now that it has, the last trumpet is sounded, now you can have, it's like the green light, right? You got the green light for the rapture. At any point between here and wrath can happen on the rapture. And that's just a fair thing to say uh, on there according to the word. Now, on, on Revelation 14, verses 18 through 19, look who gets 
the wrath, right? And this is another angel came out of the altar, which had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him. They have the sharp sickle saying, thrust thy sharp sickle. Now notice it's not Christ on the cloud for this part. This is right after Christ does his harvest. And now it's a different angel with power over fire and so on. And gather the clusters of the vine of earth for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust her sickle in the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it in the great wine press of wrath of God. So what is remaining? This is literally right after Christ harvests. The rest are thrown in the wine press of wrath of God, basically by another angel that comes out and just goes, hey, grab the rest, throw in the wrath of God. And of course, as we saw right after that is the wrath of God being poured out and so on. So there is none other in all of Revelation where you will find any other verbiage giving you all this heavy hitting stuff. Nothing, 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 nothing. And in fact, this drowns anything else that's being taught, drowns it because there's no, no scripture that contradicts anything we just read. In fact, it all is in harmony, very much in harmony. So again, why are we, why are we talking about this? We'll get to that in a moment because it's going to help you. Basically, it's because of the Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast is one of the last identifiable prophecies besides the Third Temple. So Third Temple and Mark of the Beast are the two things that are going to give you the most biggest indication of where you're at. Of course, we know the world's going to be going through peril. There's going to be earthquakes and pestilences, which we're going through now. Okay, so well, okay, going but, through but, for... but how, how close am I? How long is that going to last exactly? How much of this will we endure before the Third Temple is built, before the Mark of the Beast is mandatory, right? That's really what we're worried about is mandatory Mark of the Beast. Not optional, mandatory. So why are we watching? We're watching for the Third Temple, and we're watching for mandatory Mark of the Beast, which means we're watching for the world to go cashless which if you're on the Facebook page, you already know we are on lightning speed <coughs> towards cashlessness. Last thing I want to say is with this Revelation 14, 18 to 19. So this is right after Jesus does his thing. We've been raptured. And I feel like he turns around and walks. They're like, oh, like just imagine. They're all walking into heaven, and he just like flicks his finger over to another random angel standing in the back. Like, this dude's never done anything cool. And Jesus has given him, like, hey, man, you want to go just take care of that trash? Yeah, just take it and throw it in a wine. Which also is just so sad because literally an angel is throwing everybody else. A, a random angel is throwing everybody else. If it would have said the archangel has come up from the altar, then it's different. But it's just dudes like, yes, I get to do something. You know what I mean? Like, it's the most random angel. You don't even get to th get thrown into the, the lake of fire by someone cool. It's it was, just a random angel. It's, it's, it's the, the janitorial angel. <laughs> He's like, will you clean up the rest and the vines and toss that in We're the fire? We're going to go party. Let's, let's yeah, I mean, like, just wrap like, it up. Like, literally, guys. and, and uh, not to hurt your feelings out there, but okay. Uh, if you don't want to be on that end of the stick, you don't have to be. Like, literally, salvation is amazing. Jesus loves you. doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. I can tell you right now uh, the stories of men that have come to Christ and changed their life. I've got friends in prison. If you've heard Jeremiah's testimony, uh, great. If you haven't, log on to it. I think it's podcast number 16. Listen yeah. to that testimony. Let me see. Christ saves. Uh, but the bottom line is Jeremiah will tell you as well. Yep, yep, I'm saving Christian, but I also got to keep my eye out for this Mark of the Beast stuff as we're coming through. He knows we're in end times. This is a man in prison right now, and he knows too. So I'm just trying to bring you into that fold. I'm just trying to get you woke up. That's it. Don't go back the way things were. Start planning for the next steps because the bottom line is we don't have a lot of time. When I say don't have a lot of time, I'm not talking about tomorrow because the prophecies still have to be fulfilled. Third temple has to go up. Mark of the Beast is going to be getting put in people and be made mandatory. And then we'll have that. And the two witnesses, of course, that comes around temple time. But the bottom line is, is... If you only have a handful of years, you got to realize years go by. If you're old enough, you know how fast a year goes by now. It's like, wait a minute. What do you mean it's 2020? What happened? Um, so 
time is moving quickly. And in fact, one of the, the greatest of all, uh, you know, prophecies too is right. The abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. And Christ says, flee. Flee when you see this. So there is a huge thing when that temple is built that's going to go off, that's going to tell us all, if we weren't already prepared, we're kind of hooched. And we can see how quick the world turns on its head. So when we see this, we better already have our provision, not be trying to provide at the moment. So let's say you don't have yourself ready, and you see the abomination of the desolation. And you weren't ready, and you now realize, oh, crap, what is your recommendation? What do you do? Um, well, that's the, the um, end times prayer position. Um, you sit down on a chair, okay? You put your hands on your knees, and you put your head between your legs, and then you kiss your butt goodbye. I guess. All right. There, there, we there go. you go. That, that's it. The only thing you will have is prayer and you, you're going to be prepared to endure. And again, that's where um, I don't want you to be in that position where you have regret for not having prepared because there will be plenty of Christians that go, I knew I should have. I should have. I should have known. I should have known. And trust me, that is going to be a very um, for the sake of your own sanity prior to and put them your blinders on. You're going to look back and go, I should have just been real with the word of God. I should have just done it why didn't i do it i just yeah i got to gallivant while my other other people that i know that were preparing and all this stuff but look at them now and look at me now i have no oil in my lamp and some may take you in others may look at you and say go to town and get your oil lest the master come and, and we're not here you know we we have none so keep in mind there's a lot of lessons throughout the scripture about just having oil in your lamp and being prepared it doesn't mean you won't have to deal with tribulation. It just means your experience will be a little better than it would have been without, right? And, and the other thing I do want to say is Jesus does mention multiple times that his grace is sufficient. Right. Now, uh, who wants to read Revelation 10.7? So this is where I want to point out to people, too, because, again, people who think the rapture happens before Revelation, you know, uh, chapter uh, 14, um, they have no basis for it. There is no basis other than some really extrapolated stuff. But notice this. Revelation 10.7, Mason. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. Oh, ooh, look at that, right? <laughs> when will the mystery of God be finished? What does that say? It's after the seventh trumpet. Gee, it, which is what? The last trumpet, which is what Thessalonians and Corinthians, all this stuff says, which is right after that is when Christ is in the cloud and he harvests. That's when mystery of God be finished. When, when millions of Christians. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll sound like that. It wasn't turned up. <laughs> yeah, it will sound like that. Right. So that literally here it is again, multiple verses confirming. That it isn't until after the seventh trumpet till we see a rapture, till we see Christ. And that's where all these pieces are pointing to. So again, if there's one piece of anything that I've displayed that you can pick apart, you can't. You, you would have to destroy all the other Bible verses we mentioned too. And, and that's, the, that's the danger right now. So if you begin to close your eyes, well, no, that's not the wrath of God. Boom, you're a liar already. You've already changed it because the Bible said what it said. We're not, we're not changing anything right now when we're, we're sharing the scripture with you. That's literally, if you crack your Bible open, you'll read it with your own eyes. And would you say, Jonathan, that if someone does, they 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 are just as confident in you, and they feel like they know the they've read the scriptures and they've figured it out, you would invite them to come and talk with us. If if they're willing to not be ignorant, will for ignorance is amazing. Um, like for instance, online when I talk to people, many times they're willfully ignorant. What I will do is I'll stop them and I'll say, please turn to Revelation sixteen one. Right. And I'll say, read Revelation 16, 1. Now, when we read that, Tyler, right, we said very plainly, that's the wrath of God. Right. OK, so I'll have them read that and they'll still they'll, 
no, but no, but no, but no. So if you're not willing to accept the plain written English that's there, then that's on you. I can't help you. I can't help yeah. you. But make no mistake about it. I don't care what court of law you're in. I win every time. Whatever you're going to present, I literally will destroy it with Scripture because Scripture is the law. Scripture is the rule. Not your thoughts, not your feelings, and not things that you twist and make up, but literally what is written. So, again, I tell people, you're just guaranteed not to be here for wrath, and there's the wrath. That's plain. So that that's when, when I see that, I'm like, you know, if you see it any other way, it's not because... It, the, there's a second truth or another possibility. It's because you've ignored all the scriptures I just presented to you. Slow this, slow this down. Go back and read those scriptures again. Mark them in your Bible and go ahead and argue with yourself. Argue with God over what he wrote for you. I challenge you. Challenge you. Um, Real quick before we move on too. So some people might be uh, wondering, what do you mean by mystery of God? By, by the time this all happens, folks, everyone's going to know that the real God is the God of the Bible because this is after the rapture. God's wrath is going to be poured out. People are going to know that it is the God of the Old Testament who has prophesied his wrath and his coming and his judgment on the world since the days of the Old Testament prophets. Yep. So everyone is going to know who the real God is. So the mystery of God will be so- will be finished. Yeah, not to mention, you know, millions of people um, all of a sudden pew, gone. Um they're going to know. Everyone's going to know at that point. Whether they want to deny or not, they're just going to know, like, darn it, those Christians, they knew it. You it's know like a I mean? Thanos thing. Everybody's going to be dusted and we're all going to be like, <laughs> yeah, the, trust me, the fear, will, the fear, level of fear that will hit people's bones but, will, will, be, will be above all. But, um, you know, and, and again, they can stand wherever they want to in the process, atheists, whoever else. The bottom line is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What is written will come to pass. An atheist, if you're listening or you decide to listen uh, today, you will see when the mark of the beast is coming to be, this Christian Bible is what told you. Don't forget that. This is what Christ warned you. And as you see these things laying down, when you see that third temple going up, this is prophecy in the Bible. All these things are, are, are literally biblical and have not changed. So when you see them, you can still deny if you want, because the Bible says you, there will be plenty that will still deny. So thank you for fulfilling the scripture. We needed your ignorance to fulfill scripture. And if you change your mind, please do, because it's okay. We want you on our team. Yes. We want you on Jesus' team. But we just want to kind of joke with you saying, yeah. thanks for fulfilling prophecy. But <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, no, trust me. Just like God, he prefers that all people go to heaven. That is literally what he prefers. However, he knows. He's giving you free and, will, and, and you will choose what you choose. I was going to say, and what does the devil want? The devil wants as least amount of people in, into heaven as possible, and it's up to us because we have the free will. Check out the previous episode. <laughs> so also I will say this. Um, we have the uh, this falling away, the son of perdition, this this abomination of desolation and different things standing in the holy place. Um, Stone, you want to read uh, that one? <clears throat> All right. So Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of the that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped. So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, shewing himself, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I say that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So, um, there's this falling away that's going to happen. That's another key. Now, uh, Tyler, I'm sure you're aware there are plenty of churches that are falling away. 
not just Christians. Of course, that's a given, right? But there are a lot of churches that are falling away from the truth. We've got churches that are approving of homosexuality and things like this, right? This is not biblical anymore. They've left the Bible and they've gone on to their thoughts and feelings and they want to please the world. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes uh, at judgment time. Let's just put it that way. Um, so we're already beginning to witness it and it's just going to ramp up quicker. I mean, I, do you disagree or agree? I mean, what do you think on that? No, I totally agree. Yeah. I think the truth is something that you can't change. Um, so, you know, the truth is a rock. The Bible's a rock. Jesus is a rock. He's not changing. He never changes yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. And as long as the church sticks to the scripture right. and is willing to follow the Holy Spirit, because even scripture can be twisted by people. You can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say by pick, handpicking certain scriptures. Right. But the problem is, is you have to walk through it with the Holy Spirit. You have to walk through it with Jesus, walk through it with him. This is mostly for Christians, obviously, that right. uh, that have the Holy Spirit in them. But um yeah, he, the Bible says that he's the spirit that leads into all truth. And so when I'm reading the scripture, and I pray that I'm not deceived. I pray that yeah. I don't see what I want to see. I pray that my beliefs aren't verified, that I see the truth, that even if it hurts. Right. You know, <laughs> the hard truth, truth and love. And that's just it. I think as Christians, when you read, you got to be willing to accept. Just like I said, faith is 100%. you got to have faith in all that you see in there, whether it makes you feel good or not. And, and it, sometimes it hurts. Um, and that's okay. Um and, you know, we talk about this son of perdition. So, again, this third temple is going to be built, and this is where the abomination of desolation comes into play. The son of perdition, this is, this is, this is all, you know, all destructive mentality. This is the devil giving power here. This is what's going on. And, it, and honestly, when it says, um, uh, you know, you talk about when you see this standing in the holy place, to flee, flee. And that's really our signal. Um, there's much more. We can get into that at, at a different time. But this, this temple is, is prophetic for a reason. Um, and we as Christians, when I, I, I got news for you. When the stones are going down in that temple, if you're not already on the move, you are going to get caught with your pants down. Because, in fact, in, in, the, in the prophecy, it says, when you see the standing in holy place, don't, you don't even have time to go back into your home to grab clothes and things like that. It says, come, don't, you know, just leave, flee. Flee means to run. That means if you didn't have a place prepared, you're going to run basically with the clothes on your back. Okay. And so he's saying, before we get to this point, you better be ready. If not, you're going to be in a very dire straits, meaning this is kind of the, the point of no return for Christians, right? And, and that's it. So <clears throat> now I will say this, you're going to get people who will go to Revelation and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to get into this right now that will say, no, 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 those who are fleeing, this is just talking about the Jews. Heard that a million times. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie. Remember, there's no Jew, no Greek and so on. We're going to get into those verses. I'm going to go ahead and read these because... Um, I really, it, it's, these are other points that solidify everything I just taught you and, and read in scripture that we are here for this time. There's nobody else. It's us that's being persecuted. Here we are. So we are the tribulation saints. And this is really what I want you to understand. In Revelation 12, 17, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went, went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keepeth the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, if we didn't have testimony of Jesus Christ in there, you might say that's just the Jews. Wouldn't you? I mean, you, you could almost say that's that's the Jews still. But who keeps the testimony of Jesus? Hey, does anybody know the Jews don't keep the testimony of Jesus Christ, okay? We're, we're not talking about a, a Jewish Christian. We're talking about the Jews. No, no, they don't, they don't believe in Christ and they don't share his testimony, okay? So who does? Christians, right? Believers in the word, right? That's it. So you are here. So read Revelation 12, 17 and know you are here because otherwise there's no one else for him to go after and it wouldn't fulfill prophecy. Now, Revelation 13, 7, here's why you need to know 
that it's going to be rough on you. Besides the other verses that we read in Revelation 13, 7, and it says, And it was given to him to make war with the saints and overcome them, and the power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. So, to make war with the saints and overcome them. Meaning, Christians will be subdued. Okay, remember, what did he say? Romans 8, we are sheep for the slaughter. There's going to be subduing happening. Okay, and this is just part of prophecy. So yes, your flesh will be suffering. Um, ultimately, you're going to be with God, so don't worry about it. And remember, if you do die, it's great because dead in Christ go first, so you got the front row pass. Mm. Um, but to further, and this is where we sink in the hook, if someone says, no, 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 that's the Jews. No, no, no. no remember, we are, we are only in people that keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. And here's also something that confirms we are the seed that he speaks of. Galatians. Chapter 3, verses 16, and then verses 26 to 29. Now to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, as of one seed, right? And to thy seed, which is in Christ. So here he's talking about the seed, which is in Christ. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Wow, in Christ Jesus. Look at that. We are all the children, right? And for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye all are one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there, suck it up, buttercup. You are the remnant of the seed. You, are, you do keep the testimony of Jesus Christ, just like it says in Revelation 12, 17. So you are here and being sought after by the devil himself. And it only makes sense, because why would he be going after people that are already going to the lake of fire? Duh. He's coming after Christians, okay? So there that is. And even in, in 1 Peter 2.10, which is a nice little piece as well, which in time past were not a people. But now are a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So it speaks of the time before Christ and now the time after and so on. So here we are. We are the remnant of his seed. Uh, we are here and we do keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. Quick What's question. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, this, this may be, so, some people may get confused here because um, previously we said that in Revelation 15 through 18 is when the trumpet, last trumpet is sounded. And mm -hmm. we know that when the last trumpet is sounded, we're raptured. Mm -hmm. But here in Revelation 12 and Revelation 13, we're talking about tribulation. Um, so some people may think that, are, are, are we being raptured at Revelation 11? Or is no. the trumpet being sound? Because, you know, does that make sense? Well, where did the Son of Man come in the clouds? Yeah. Revelation, Revelation 14. 14. Yeah. Thank you. So, so I'm trying to say, right, is, right, this, right. No, is, no. is there a time period between 11 and 14? Of course there is. Oh, okay. It's, it's like you're reading a story, right? You're hearing about the events that are going to be taking place. So the trumpet sounds in Revelation 11, right? That's when it sounds, which means we can't have it happen until after then. But what you're getting right here, read, read Revelation 12. You're getting descriptions of what's happening to Christians during the time between trumpet and rapture. Right around this time, you know you're being persecuted. The devil has come after you. He's coming after the testimony of Jesus Christ. You're getting the details that you are being sought out. You are literally being hunted by the devil himself. I mean, that how is could you be hunted if you're raptured? Right, right. So, so you're here, and again, there is nowhere else in all of Revelation except Revelation 14 where the Son of Man is in the clouds. So if you put a rapture anywhere before then, you've literally made it up. You've literally made it up. So that's something that you, you don't want to do is make it up. Okay. Um, now the, uh, let's see, here's another thing that, that I want to point out. Okay. Is I've heard people try to say that there is a rapture before the rapture. 
Okay, there's one rapture, then there's another rapture, and then there's the end where, you know, Armageddon. Okay, first of all, that's biblically a lie. Biblically a lie. That is not the case. And in fact, there, you know, go ahead, roll up the scripture, read it for me, where God is in the clouds and he harvests the first time. You won't see it. Go ahead and show me where it's after a trumpet. You won't have it. None of that stuff. Now, there's only two resurrections, and this is key, which helps confirm when you see the resurrection of the dead happening in Revelation 14, the harvest that's happening, right? Because the dead in Christ go first. It's understand that's the first resurrection. So let's read this in Revelation 20, verses 4. Uh, James, you want to yeah, read that yeah. one? Revelation 24. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Here, uh, this is important. Here it is all the way later in Revelation 24, 20 verses 4. And what is it talking about again? The mark of the beast. Okay, folks, this is how dangerous the mark is. Because here it's saying those that are with Christ, right, to reign with him have never received the mark. This is important. This is why I tell you this is such a strong and powerful thing, and God's disdain for the mark is is amazing, okay? Now, when you go Revelation 20, uh, verses 5 through 6, Stone, you want to read those? <clears throat> yes, sir. Uh, starting off in verse 5, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first res resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they have they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Okay, so here, here's what we see. Those who are part of the first, right, first resurrection, um, the second death hath no power, okay? And so we see that and we go, okay, so there is the first resurrection, which would be those who were raptured in the cloud in Revelation 14. There's the first resurrection because that's the dead in Christ. All dead in Christ go. So the second resurrection is those who did not die in Christ, okay? And they come through and they come through the come to the judgment throne. So when we read here uh, in Revelation 20, 11 through 12, and I saw a great white throne, him that sat on it, from whose face um, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. So we see that the rest of the dead, okay, are brought forth, and if, actually, I'll just keep going, and we'll go with verses 13 through 15. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And the death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. So what we saw in this, this Revelation 20, we've seen that there are only two resurrections. There was the first resurrection of those who died in Christ, and they literally are with him. They had not received the mark. They are with Christ, and they are there. So this is past dead Christians and current Christians that, that you know, escaped the mark of the beast through rapture and so on. And now, and it says the second death hath no power of them, meaning once we are with Christ, and that's what Thessalonians says too, once we are with him, we are so ever with the Lord. So once you're raptured, there's no reneging, right? He doesn't say, well, you know, I mean, I raptured you, but I still don't like you. You know, no, you will so ever be with the and Lord. that doesn't mean that once you're with Christ, Christ in this life and then fall away, you're with him forever. No, no, no. It this means is just, when you are in, in heaven when with When you've him. been raptured, period. When you've been raptured, 
period. That's when you're promised to be with him. So ever. And then here, this is this. This is the second death that the other verses before here talked about that. Um, let's see. This is where uh, Revelation 20 uh, verses five through six reiterate. Um and uh, go on to that this is the second death. So, and the sea gave up the devil in it, and death and hell de- delivered up the devil to them, and then every man to judge according to their works. Um, and this is the second death, as it goes on in verse 14. So this is for those who did not accept Christ, or Christ did not give any grace to at judgment. Okay? So this is, when you read that, s- slow down. and Go back over. This is the great white throne. And it says, I saw the dead now coming out. So this is a different resurrection. It's the second one of those who were not dead in Christ. It's the only other resurrection that there is. And where are they brought to? The white throne for judgment. Why? Because they did not accept the blood of Christ. They don't have forgiveness. So now their sins are exposed in the book. Every sin is exposed. They have nothing washing away. Now, they still stand before Christ. And Christ is the judge. As the Mm -hmm. Bible said, all judgment is given unto him. So can Christ still put someone to heaven? Oh, absolutely. And it would still fulfill scripture because it says no man enters the kingdom but through Christ. Whether you're judged or whether you've received your VIP pass, you are standing for judgment. And Christ is the one who would determine whether or not you get to come to heaven. Now, don't we, take a chance. Don't take that chance. Don't now. take that chance because I, I guarantee you when the judge opens your book of sin and starts looking at you, you're going to go, man, I thought somebody forgot about that. No, there, nothing will be forgiven. Everything <laughs> will be accounted for. And if you just had accepted Christ, that part is blank. Mm. That part is blank. That's so good. That's the price he paid on the cross, folks. That is the price he paid. How can you not accept such a wonderful gift and to say, hey, you know what? He already paid for it. Here I am standing before the judge. And wouldn't it be great if the judge was like, uh, hey, uh fines are paid. Uh, you're free to go. I imagine um, we like get to the throne and he's like, hey, and then you give him a big old high five well, and you walk right in. <laughs> well, well, I mean, just imagine, you know, here you are. Imagine being in a real court system right now. Imagine being there and you're facing you know, the, 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 the electric chair, you're facing life in prison and how scared you will trust me. There's plenty of men that have stood there. Right. And they have that fear and they know that there's no hope, but imagine walking, watching a bailiff, carrying a piece of paper, walk to the front of the room, set it down. The judge reads it. Hmm. Uh, sir, uh, you are free to go if you're willing to, uh, sign the piece of paper. I mean, what man wouldn't say what, what, like, well, uh, Jesus Christ uh, paid for everything. Uh, if you're willing to accept that and sign here, um, you know, he's your Lord and Savior. Uh, do you want him to save you or not? It's if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, you can go ahead and proceed. We're going to go ahead and, you know, cook you yeah. or well, lock you up forever. You know, you want to go ahead and pass it. That is literally the mindset of people right now on earth is like, nah, screw Jesus. You know, nah, nah, I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't need God. There's no God. There's no this. Hey, you know, you don't have to believe in God. It doesn't matter. It's not going to stop what's coming. You know, you'd be smart to get on his path and realize how special you are, how you're created in his likeness of all things on earth, like how beautiful that is, that you are the only creation he breathed life in the nostrils. You have the breath of God inside of you. My goodness. Wake up, people. You know, they're that special. Bring yourself together. Gather it up. Suck it up and realize, hey, you know what? I need Christ, and I need this forgiveness because I don't want to stand before the judge without it. I don't want to be in a spot. I want to be raptured, where it says, when you want you're raptured, you're so ever with the Lord. That's the part I want to be a part of, where when the Lord goes, oh, uh, remember this. You can't be raptured unless all your sin is forgiven because no sin, no corrupt thing can enter the kingdom of heaven. So when he raptures you, it's because he already forgave you. Mm-hmm. Literally, boom, you're up there, done. Okay, otherwise... 
he, he would have to like slow things down. Okay, well, let's see, Jonathan, you did this, you did this, you did this. No, no, he raptures you in a blink of an eye. Boom. That means your sins you're, are forgiven. You're, you're washed by his blood, and I'm pretty sure he can tell whose blood, where his blood's at. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Uh, so, so again, if we were to just kind of, you know, shorten recap, I mean, bottom line is, is it's before God's wrath. It's after the last trumpet. That's where all the verses point to. Now you can go into, and, and here's what I want to point, because I don't want to be, you know, the guy that uh, wants to uh, ignore other scripture and stuff. If you look at the Bible many times, there are descriptions of events and what is to come, and then it comes. And sometimes the event comes, and there's further description afterwards. You can see that in Genesis, under creation. It's not two creations happening. We got Adam and Eve, and then we got more description, okay, of the same account. So you get that in Revelation as well. But here's what I want to point out. Um, and when you look at, in Revelation 6, and the sixth seal, this is where some folks really love to lean on the sixth seal and go, see, it's the wrath of God. So we're gone before there. And I say, is it the wrath of God? As we just read, Wrath of God doesn't come until 16.1. Let's, let's read what this says. And you tell me in your own mind, which is stronger proof that it's God's wrath or men thinking it's God's wrath? Let's go ahead and look. Sixth seal, uh, Revelations 6.12. And I beheld uh, when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell on the earth as a fake tree cast at their timely figs when she is shaken of the mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll, as when is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. So you got men fearing what's going on, right? And he said in the mountains of the rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So... And those were no. actually those. Those were the signs of Christ's coming: the sun and the moon going dark. Right, right. Those are those are signs. But let's focus on something. Who said wrath? Did God pour His wrath out? Have you no. seen anything? No. It, and who is who is crying? We got rich men, all this stuff. They're hiding. They think God's wrath is coming. Now, as a Christian, what do we read in those four verses we read in in Romans, John, and Thessalonians? We read that we are not here for the wrath of God. So no Christian is saying this is the wrath of God, because that would be ignorant. The word is told you're not here for that. So these are non-Christian, non-Bible reading people thinking the wrath of God has come upon them and they're hiding themselves in the rocks. Christians are going, um, ain't it, this ain't the wrath just of God like yet. Just like the coronavirus. Don't, yeah, don't, just is, like the coronavirus. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The wrath of God is coming soon after all that happened. Right, but after, it, it after. Was, that was not the yeah, wrath this of is, God. This is, this is not wrath. Right. This is just people thinking this tribulation is wrath. There was no order by God. There was no angels dumping vials, nothing. So you see that, and this is what people grab hold of. Now you tell me, what is more proof of wrath to you when it says God's wrath of vials are being poured out upon the earth or men thinking that God has been, you know, they're hiding themselves from the Lord? You, you tell me, right? One source is a little more credible than the other. Just a little just bit. <laughs> just, just if you One stood in the courtroom and One just laid up. it out, right, you, you'd go, oh. Okay, you're right. So that's not God's order. And, and actually, like I said, with, with what the, it's talking about the sun and the moon, the uh, sun being like torn sackcloth and the moon going blood red, uh, those are those are the signs that Christ gave in Matthew uh, Matthew 24, uh, Mark 13, and uh, Luke 21 uh, about the signs that to look for in the uh, in the heavens to see the return of Christ. So yeah, no, it, what well, they're actually what they're actually describing it, would be something that's. And I will say this as well. Listen to this. This is not the only time you see the sun darkened. 
this is not the only time you see the moon done. In fact, when you read that, that, that may very well be nuclear. That may very well be um, a Mount St. Helens sort of thing erupting, whatever. Because if you read again, if you look in the fourth trumpet, what does it say in the fourth trumpet? And this is in the trumpets, which is getting really close to the actual raptures we read, right? And it says, and the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten. That's a third part of the sun, meaning it is going dark. And that's permanent, third of it, right? And the third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, and a third part of them was darkened. This is saying darkened, period. And show not for a third part of it, and night likewise. So here we see more darkening of the sun and the moon and stars. So it's not just one event where this is where they're being affected there's multiple times including after the rapture what happens the king the the devil's kingdom of is complete darkness and it says they gnaw their tongues for pain like we're talking about absolute darkness we're talking about can't see your hand in front of your face sort of thing very very spooky imagine not being able to walk or function anywhere i mean you're crawling and feeling you're on your hands and knees you ain't walking not in absolute darkness you're going to crawl because you've got to feel for everything so Yes, we have the, the darkening. So when people go to Revelation 6, see, what they did was they skipped the trumpets. They skipped the fact that where's the Son of Man in the heavens, in the cloud reaping. They skipped that the real wrath of God is poured out in uh, Revelation 16. And like we said, can wrath be poured out before it's poured out? No, either it is or it is not. It's not a, well, you know, he's been a, I had a guy say, well, this is where God was getting angry, though. He, he's angry. I'm like, but is it the wrath of God? No. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you for now. Because this, this guy I was talking to, he's like, I just did this, you know, full study. And no, no, no. I'm like, did you? Did you really do a study? Or did you just listen to someone else spew? Because the bottom line is, if you had studied, much like I did with the Holy Spirit, to even, even put this stuff together. It was the Holy Spirit. I'll never claim uh, uh, the, 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 the rights to that. It was an amazing night. I mean, until three in the morning. And the verses rolled out. And I just thought to myself, how did I never see this before? You know why? Because I kept listening to other people teaching what is, was false was a false lie. And then once you, once you get it plain in front of you, you realize like, okay, I can never be duped again because you'll never undo this scripture. Now, if you go back in here and back up before the seal, you'll hear them talk about, you know, these are those uh, that come out of the great, you know, tribulation and white robes are given to them and da 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 And people go, well, well, isn't, isn't that the people that are raptured? Da-da. This is more description of not only what you have to come, but also don't forget you know, this is giving you a feeling, right? God all throughout wants to encourage you to endure, but also give you encouragement. Be patient. More of you are going to be, here it is, until thy fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. More death is going to happen. More things are going on. He's, he's telling you ahead of time for this. Just like when you read in Revelation about the falling of Babylon before the falling of Babylon. Which one's the one? One of them's the event. The other one's the description and depth. So we get that in Revelation. But the one thing we can say about the sixth seal and all this, sixth seal is men thinking they're in God's tribulate or God's wrath. But it's not because Christians will know they're not going to be here for it. And that doesn't obviously get poured out to 16. So we know that that's men making that up. Okay, that's not God's word. That's not God. Um, and there's no commandment for the vials. And then when we read above that, that's where people get a little confused. Like, what about these white robes? Again, he's giving you a description of hope of what is still to come. You're going to have to endure. And is what he's doing. Because the bottom line is, before this, you can flip through. Is there any son of man in the clouds? Is the last trumpet been blown? Well, no. We learned the trumpets don't even get handed out till Reve what, Revelation 8. You know what I mean? So we know that that is not it. That's all we have to do is just know that that's not the rapture. This is some other communication. When he's communicating in here, he's trying to give us a, a clearer view of what is to come. And then you turn around and you take all the evidence we just went through today, 
and you realize that, yep, there is nothing beforehand. I'm here for it. But I will encourage you this. When you're reading the trumpets and the seals, you might be like, oh, right? You're ready to tinkle in your pants. Remember, not all of this is global. See, when your mind goes to a global situation in terms of, you know, uh, uh, you know, sea or mountains or different things, remember this. Even pestilence, even famines are a third part, a third part. So some areas of the world are going to experience things differently than you will. You could be in an area of less turmoil than someone else, just like it is today. Go to Africa and get some. You get a little different experience in life in general, right? So that's the point for you is to realize, remember, um, all of Revelation, this is, a, this is you know, John of um, I'm Patmos right here, and he's got these visions, and he's trying to give you the visions of what is to come. So he's looking at futuristic things in his visions. He's trying to describe it to you the best way he can. Even when you look at, like, the um, uh, uh, seven, second trumpet, it, 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 angel sounded as were a great mountain burning with fire cast in the sea, and third part of the sea became blood. Well, if you've ever seen a burning um, oil rig in the sea fall over and what it looks like in there, literally, and this has already happened on, on, on some major rigs if you've ever looked them up, right? When that oil starts spewing into the ocean, it literally looks as red as blood. Little looks like you murdered whales everywhere. And that's what it looks like. And yet, when you watch all these boats trying to put this mountain of fire, because imagine him, he's seeing this. He's like, what is out in the ocean? It's got to be a mountain, something that size. And these ships look tiny outside of it, trying to put it out. And then it ends up crumbling and falling and all this stuff. You're going, it's very possible second trumpets even already happened. It's very possible. Or if not, we certainly got a preview of what we might see yet to come. So my point is, is that's what you have to think about when you're looking at this. So it can confuse you sometimes when you're looking at it. It may not be an actual mountain. It might be talking about something else he's seeing. He's having a vision of thousands of years in the future of things he's never seen with his eyes, he's ever laid his eyes on. So he's only going to be able to describe with, with the common terms of his time and the best that he can. So that's really what I want you to encourage as you read through. Keep it simple. Uh, know, know the facts. Know the facts and don't back off your facts. People are slick. They will, they will, no, 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 they're slick. Take the knowledge you have. Read the scripture. Go back through this podcast. You know, go just letter letter by letter, and you'll see the word will not mislead you. Other people will. Um, that being said, I know we had a lot of long podcasts in that piece. Um, I'm going to ask you guys. I mean, I mean, Mason. You know, we know what we're we're doing and stuff and preparing. Tyler, what is your throughout this experience? Number one, from the coronavirus, right? But even knowing going forward, knowing where we're at you know, in times of things, knowing that the world is trying to go cashless, all these things, you know, knowing that the, you know, this, this, this coronavirus and vaccines are trying to be pushed and marking people like all this sort of stuff. You see these things coming together. What, what does your own spirit feel? You know, uh, what, what do you feel any urgency in yourself? Let me ask you that. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a great, it's a really good thing to be only dependent on God. You know, even when, you know, you look at Elisha and there's a famine going on, everything's going crazy. He was put by a river and he had ravens feeding him. Right. You know what I mean? And there's, there's that, there's that side of, if you're, if you're on God's side, if you're, if you're really willing to live for him, that there's a provision for you that doesn't exist elsewhere. Um, and yeah, there is a little bit of an urgency, you know, things are getting crazy. You know, right. I, I have my concealed carry. I have a couple, cu- couple of firearms is loading up on ammo yep. and it's not, it's not because I'm afraid of what's coming. It's just because I'm, I'm, my job is a husband yep. and a soon to be father, you know, 
Uh, I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to do my best. Wait a minute, wait, you said soon? Like, not pregnant. Okay, not pregnant not yet. Pregnant. Okay. Not, not pregnant. pregnant. Not pregnant. Not pregnant. Just check in. Just check in. Let the record <laughs> show. Say, Grace has been dropping a lot of baby bombs lately. Like, oh, my goodness. Every time she sees Adonis, she's like, oh, yeah, my goodness, I want one. Let's timestamp this at we this are not. time. <laughs> yeah. To be two hours exact, not pregnant. We are not pre- I peed on a stick. <laughs> it was it was inconclusive. Right, 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 right. It, you definitely are. But we're pregnant. pretty sure. Right, right. <laughs> so <laughs> no, but it, it's so it's really good to be prepared. But like I said, it's it's a great thing to be dependent on God, yep. and not to be dependent on on human beings, and to be dependent on the government. You know, it's a, it's a great thing to be self reliant yeah, in the I, physical, obviously, and then you prepare. The most the most important preparation is a spiritual preparation. Yep, is to make sure that even if the worst of the worst happens to your body, like that scripture said, fear not man who can kill your body but fear God because there's things that are so much worse than just a physical death and we want to make sure that whatever by whatever means we experience that physical death that we were prepared in our soul and we we're prepared in our spirit to go and be with him forever and you do you have to have that kind of spiritual foundation that strong that even if you were being whipped with a cat and nine tails and flesh coming off your body will you give up your soul will you give up being a follower of Christ, will you? Are you strong enough to endure something to that level? That's really what you have to ask yourself. Because if you're not, then you're really vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, of course, we all pray that we're not caught in that particular situation. We, we pray that we don't. We know that it's possible based on everything we've read, um, and we we just hope that we're not one of those. And that being said, I always tell people, it's like you know what? I can't stop what's going to happen to me, if you will, at the end times. Um, but I can make it very hard on the devil. I can make it very hard on the devil. I'm not going to make it easy for him. I'm not going to make it easy for my family to be vulnerable. And I, I look at it this way. When the Lord talks about, he leadeth me beside the still waters, he restoreth my soul. Um, you know, you think about this being in the, in the wilderness, not just in the wilderness in terms of like a desert sort of wilderness. We're talking about God created us to walk with him. You think about the garden. He was very garden-esque, right? Beautiful garden. And uh, it's very peaceful. Uh, concrete jungles are not peaceful. They're not. In fact, they make us all on edge, which is why the world is edgy as it is, because the more natural you pull out of it, the more your body begins to actually disdain life in general, because there's nothing beautiful even to look at or behold. So when you think about saying, well, okay, if I can get back to some God time, I wish that I had less dependency on the world, so I didn't have to work as much. Um, and have that natural provision and all those sorts of things, but also so I could feel more at peace. You know, yeah. if you're walking in the Garden of Eden, you're going to have a lot of peace in your soul. Mm-hmm. You just will because your provision is all around you. You're with God. You worship God. And guess what? When you're unplugged from the world, what do you, you get no more, no more noise in your ear. No more coronavirus, bleep, 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 bleep. No more, you know, gender reassignment. No more. All these things that are against God that are going on that you see that are just just terrible but they're needed to bring the end they're signs for you and i um but to imagine to be able to like right now if you were uh you know often you know let's say you were in in the mountains or whatever you know and, and you had a beautiful cabin and you're just tucked away and you had no internet you would be oblivious to anything corona related you wouldn't be dead you wouldn't be sick you wouldn't be nothing and you wouldn't be worried and you would be loving on god and you'd be out there and you wake up in the morning and the sun is shining you'd be like you know, spend your time with the Lord, with your coffee right there and read the word, pray, you know, be together with your family. There's no distractions from digital distractions and you're just there. I mean, that is really the beauty 
of walking with the Lord and getting away from the world is your soul begins to get restored. Your faith in God increases and your fear of the world decreases, right? You're dependent on God, less dependent on the world. And that's what I'm encouraging anyone, you know, that sees what's going on and takes the time to prepare. Where is your wilderness? What's your plan? Do you have a wilderness? Do you have a place? Do you have people that you can get with? Do you have a place that's not so vulnerable? Do you have not only in your soul, right, but a place that you go, hey, um, boy, wouldn't it make sense if we had less dependency on the grocery store? Any Anybody who's like half a brain would say, well, of course it'd be great. It's wisdom. It, it is it's wisdom. wisdom. It is wisdom. And here's what's interesting. You know, I get people look at me like, oh, you're one of those preppers. You know, you're one of those crazy guys, you know. Am I so crazy? Am I so crazy? You see what's going on on a on a fake pandem- pandemic as far as I'm concerned. My wife is a nurse practitioner, and I can tell you what's on the news is not what's in, in the world, okay? Just flat out, flat out. Um, but you see all this stuff, and you go, um, I'm not crazy because in just a few months, your whole world got shut down, shut down. And there's people being uh, arrested for walking out in public, okay? So you can say whatever you want, and that's happening here in our country. So I got Ran bottom line for you. Yeah, the land of the free, right? <laughs> land of the free to do as we tell you to, right? I mean, that's basically where we're at. So if that hasn't woken you up to realize, like, hey, I, I just need to pull back a little bit. I need to figure out how this won't happen to me. And then should there be a stay-at-home order? I, I don't have a problem. Because when I stay at home, everything I need is here. I'm walking with God. I have my food. I have my water. I have my shelter. I need nothing else. The rest of the world can literally burn. You know, okay, fine. No big deal. At least my family, I've done what I need to do out of faith. Now, I get other people that will say, well, you know, I have faith. I just have faith, and I'm not worried about anything. No, you don't have faith. If you have faith in the word as we read, then you are using what God gave you. It's like here he's your inside coach. He said, all right, listen, they're going to, they're gonna, when they hike the ball, they're going to go left, they're going to go right, they're going to move up here, and, left, and you're going, oh, yeah, I don't care. You know, ah, I don't care. I mean, I'm not going to plan for the moves. And then you watch. You'll get tackled somehow. Yeah, yeah, some, <laughs> some, yeah, it'll just happen. And, and you ignore the whole play, and then you get scored on, right? You're like, okay, God's like, listen, I, I gave this to you for a purpose. And just like my disciples asked, so that you can prepare and also so that you'll know. And then when he says, when you see this abomination standing in the holy place, this son of perdition that's there, when you see this, flee. Okay, so he's telling us all these things. So when we get to this point. We can flee, meaning we've prepared ahead of time. We've prepared to endure, and now we've used his information. We didn't waste it. We used it, and then when it's time, boom, we pull away. And guess what? That When the dragon made uh, war with a remnant of her seed, the woman went to where? She went to the wilderness, a place prepared of God ahead of time. And God said he used the wilderness really to, to protect her. And when you think about this symbolically, if you have faith and you're preparing, there is none other place in all the Bible other than the mountains in the wilderness that the Lord has said where you're, you're going to be safer than you would be if you were anywhere else. I mean, where does, where does Jesus go to pray? A mountain. He yep. goes to the wilderness because it's quiet. And I, I always want to say, yep. you know, it's the, the world now is so loud. You know, you have an atheist saying, I've never, I never hear God. I always pray. I never hear him. I never hear him. It's like, okay, well, first, did you get yourself a nice quiet room? There's no distractions and stuff like that. But if you also think, like, there is so much noise that's going around that – it's going to be difficult to hear him, even if you're trying, because there's just so much going on around you. So finding a way to go on a nice hike in the middle of the woods where you don't hear anything, you don't hear a car, yeah, you hear the birds chirping. Off. Well, guess what? That's not noise. That's God talking. Yep. That's S- his creation. Be still. Yeah. Just be still. Um, and, and yes, if you're going, if you want to draw close, trust me, man. You you unplug and you pull away, and you'll start to become closer to God because you're going to notice everywhere you look His beauty. Right now, you look past His beauty. 
you take it for granted. Everything where you look, like, oh, all this and all that. You're, you're looking past his beauty because you're so busy in the world. And, and, and Jordan, you know, he gave a great acronym. I, they'll never forget it. Busy, right? Being under Satan's yoke. As long as he has you busy, you can't appreciate God. You can't appreciate creation. And you're just going to go about your busy life, right? Until all of a sudden you're, in, you're caught in the rat trap. And now, now, now what will you do, right? Now it's too late. We, we talk about it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm an agent, right? So I sell life insurance as well. And the bottom line is tomorrow's too late. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are people who, who have skipped it today and died tomorrow. And I tell you, it's, it's you know, the, the wife will call and you're like, uh, yeah, he never put the policy in force. I'm sorry. You know, and the bottom line is it works like that with the rapture, with Christ and, and with death. Um, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So even when we talk about all this preparation and things, you got to get right with Christ first. Because tomorrow may not come anyways. You can prepare all you want, and boom, you get, you get hit by a car tomorrow, and you're dead, okay? So really, it is, number one, salvation first. But because of the time that we're in, right after salvation, you got to understand that the devil is coming after Christians going to persecute. So newbie Christians, you know, that aren't grounded well in the Word just yet, they're going to be very vulnerable. Very vulnerable, because this mark of the beast, if they didn't prepare and they don't have things, there's just some things that they're not going to be prepared to endure, and that's, that's the, the trouble, right? The Lord says, here is the patience of the saints. You know what I mean? Prepare and endure. Like, it, it, that's all I can say is just prepare. Um, now, aside from that, if you don't, you know you're along for the ride. And I just hope that you are that grounded in the Word of God that under the most extreme conditions, you won't give up your faith. That's all. And, and if you won't, that's great. Just know, just know that you've signed up for that. You asked for it. Um, you didn't take the word of God and say, I have faith in what he said, and I'm going to go prepare a place ahead of time and so on like that. So when I look at myself and people think like, well, do you not have as much faith? Oh, I, I have so much faith. Trust me, God has, God has taken care of my family so well. I got nothing, nothing to worry about in those senses. No, well, but at the same time, I've always taken with God's word and, and said, I, I take it for real. I believe what he says, and I'm and I'm willing to give up my life, my career, and all the things that I want. You know, I mean, Tyler, you, you could tell. I mean, I've shrunk a lot from from my bodybuilding time. I, I mean, I hope you could tell that. Not my, much. My belly has grown. <laughs> uh, my arms have shrunk, and and all this sort of stuff. And why? Because I have had to die to myself and give more time to God. And that's hard to do because when you were you know bodybuilding four or five days a week, several hours a night. And then all of a sudden you've got to give it. That's a part of you that, that is leaving. And so, you know, you got to die to yourself, but also because I was trying to serve God and mammon and it don't work. The Bible's right. You know, you're going to give more time to one or the other. So I realized, Hey, you know what? I got to give more time to God. I got to get the word out because at the end of the day, when, you know, I finally gave in to the calling for this, you know, here, I'm going to step out before people and I'm going to give this message for a reason. And I'm like, Lord, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you want from me exactly. You know, he lays it out in front of me. And even when it comes to the rapture, there was a big reason. I, my, my, my first lessons on Mark of the Beast had nothing to do with rapture. I wasn't going to talk about it. And I asked the Lord before I even pr- produced, I said, Lord, this is your message. What do you want? Is there anything else? And that's where the Holy Spirit moved in my heart and said, you need to, you need to discuss the rapture. This is critical. I thought, yeah, but I know where it's at, but I don't know how to confirm it with many verses. Right. And, um, it was that night. And next thing you know, I think it was about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. I, I prayed that. I sat down. And I said, all right, Lord, fine. I'll do something on the, on the rapture. And I opened my Bible. I start taking my highlighted sections out. Next thing you know, and then boom, I'm coming across another verse, another verse, Thessalonians, Corinthians. I'm doing all this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Boom, boom, boom. I laid it out, and I went, man, I can't even argue with that myself. For the first time in my whole life, there it is. 
almost woke up Heather, you know, at three in the morning, you know, she's got to be up at five for work. And I'm thinking like, I'm excited. The Holy Spirit, like just literally gave me the answers to the test. And now, now when I put this in the, 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 the PowerPoint, now I'm confident because see, I, I don't like speaking on something unless I'm confident. Cause I don't like eat my own words. I'm just not a gambling kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? So here for the first time I can lay down and say, well, sure. If you want to close your eyes and ignore what I'm reading in the scripture, sure. You could say that it's wrong. You could do whatever you want to but if you take into account everything it says, it's not wrong. It's 100% it's clear. And the average person literally can read it with their, with their own mind. I don't care if you're an atheist and you're just reading these words. The atheist will come to the same conclusion, reading the same words. You know, they may not believe in it all, but they can literally go, well, according to this, you know, and that's what's important. that We use the scripture to validate scripture and we stick with, well, you got a mountain of evidence that all points to this. Do we negate the mountain of evidence for something we may misunderstand over here that's a tiny little piece. No, that would be ignorant. That'd be ignorant. And that's what people do to push the other narrative. They ignore the mountain of evidence we just went through and go back over. Yeah, but the men, men were, weren't they hiding from the wrath of God in the mountains? Like, no, no they thought they were. But those are unsaved people because we know we won't be here for the wrath. Duh. You know what I mean? So you sit there and look at it. And, and then again, you, you ask some questions. Did God order wrath? We poured out there? No. Okay. Was there any trumpets? No. You go all that stuff. So it, it, is, it is that simple. So in Christians, I encourage you, don't be deceived. Get on board uh, and start preparing because this whole thing is, uh, coronavirus thing has been your preparation. It's been your warning shot uh, to, to begin to move. And I can tell you, you can ignore it. But three years from now, you're going to be really sorry. You know, three years from now, this world is going to be a much different place. You could already see it pedaling forward quickly towards those times. I encourage you, don't waste any time. Uh, have a plan, have a strategy. Get with other brothers and sisters in Christ and, and get with them. Like-minded people are what you're going to need during these times and, and, a, and a plan. And trust me, everyone has a way to prepare within their families, within their friends. Everybody does. And if you don't, then maybe you're just, just a really bad person to be around, right? You know, maybe nobody likes you, so maybe you need to change your tune. Um, but uh, is there anything you guys wanted to add to or mention or anything else before we wrap up? Well, I just had an uh, just a thought that came. It's when I just thought, started thinking about Noah and the ark, and that this is what we're really doing is we're calling from a place, a secure place, telling people that something's coming. Yes. And people will laugh, people will mock, people will do whatever they're going to do, but we're calling from Christ. Christ is our ark. You know, He's our security in the storm. He, no matter what comes. No matter what we go through, we have a hope that is sure. We have a hope that's confident. We have a hope that is coming, that it's literal, that it's real. And we're calling from that hope. We're calling from that uh, that salvation and that position, saying that this life is so much better. Right. You know what I mean? And, the, and God's way is really better, and it's really the right way. And I will say, too, as you mentioned, uh, with the ark, as you know, Mason will, will read in the, the Bible as well, you know, where the, the end times, too, is going to be similar to the days of Noah. Um, they'll be eating, drinking, and marrying, and then the Son of Man comes, you know, and, and here's this judgment, and the flood took people away. People, you know, I, I laugh because my preparation, I call it the ark, because that's what I've been preparing for the physical side of things here. And, um, and I laugh because, you know, you get people to look at you like, oh, you know, you know, your preparation, this and that. Like, listen, you can laugh. They laughed at Noah. Uh, Noah prepared for years. This wasn't overnight. If Noah waited to the last second, I guess what? He'd be swimming on a log, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's it. But he prepared for years, folks. Remember, God told him what's going to happen, and he prepared out of faith. He built something out of faith where other believers didn't believe. Other people said, no, 
I don't believe that's coming. He says, this is what God says coming. It's coming, right? So out of faith, he acts, he prepares, he builds, he gets everything in place. Then when it comes, what did he have? He had security and he had protection above all those who did not. So don't be like the others outside of the ark who just said, oh, no, yeah, I, I respect God and, you know, blah, 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 and, and don't do anything because you're going to get swept up in the floodwaters and then you're going to be joining the world in the misery. Like, you don't want to be part of those things either. So if you are preparing in faith, let mocked at or otherwise, guess what? Your life's going to be a little bit better. You know what I mean? You're going to have some provision, um, you know, all the, way, all the way through. You certainly won't regret it. Let's just put it that way. You know, I look forward Prior to anything getting really rough in this world, I look forward to looking out my window. And as far as I can see, it's just mountains and trees. And it's beautiful say. and it's peaceful. And I can just go, God, so beautiful. This is what you intended. Just to just to have this beauty, not to have all this other stuff. Just to, just to be able to sit down. I thirst for that relationship with him in, in this pe- most peaceful area, undisturbed. I thirst for that. It's hard to not be disturbed within the world we live in right now. But I'll tell you what, it's not that far. It's not that far for you to get into that point and be able to have that that comfort and just soak in the Holy Spirit. And at that point, there's nothing more you can do other than you've done some physical preparation. You've done a ton of spiritual preparation. And now what are you? You are ready to endure. That's it. You're ready. You said, Lord, I've done my physical provision. I've done my spiritual provision. And uh, whatever happens next, I can't control. And I pray out of faith that because I was faithful, you know, in my prayer and in my preparation, that uh, hopefully you'll make it very, uh, very nice for me and my family where I'm at. And that's, that's really it is. You know what I mean? Other than that, yep, anything else could, be, could happen. You're not going to, not much you can do about that, you know. But I, I think having, imagine having enough Christians in one place praying on their knees together. Like imagine the power in prayer and provision and protection over those people as opposed to being a divided people during those times. I can tell you, Christians, get your prayer warriors. You know what I mean? Like find your prayer warriors. You need that. You're going to need that uh, uh, in, your own, in your own time. So I do encourage people, um, yes, build your ark. Uh, you know, people are going to make funny and laugh at you. Prepare um, and just know that the Lord, you know, does provide protection. And at the same time, because end times is a different time. This is the exception. He, he, as we read today, there's going to be many that will, that will perish, and that's okay. Just don't give up your salvation in doing so. Don't give up the Lord. Don't take the mark of the beast in doing so, because this is the last, the last stand, right? It's the last time where you'll, you're going to be able to make that decision. So stand strong, stand firm with the Lord. Um, and, and at the end of it all, it doesn't matter. When we die, the next time we open our eyes, we'll be getting raptured. You know, the trumpet blows. And the dead in Christ go first. You will be the only ones, you know, hearing that trumpet. And that's a beautiful thing to know that your ears are tuned in to hear the Lord when he comes. Wow, that's powerful. I mean, I can't wait, you know, whether I'm alive or whether I'm dead, I can't wait to just be like, Jesus, (laughs) you know, you good, bud? Yeah, uh, I think so, I think we should wrap everything up and yep. let's end in some prayer. Let's just pray for Christians, non-Christians, Christians. Just pray for every single every single person that we'll that we can take. So we'll, Tyler, we'll let we'll let Tyler Tyler's, pray. Let's, yeah, Tyler's good to pray. Let's uh, let's pull this soundboard up here and get some good old music going. Well, Father, we just uh, we're just so thankful, God, for everything that you've given us. We're thankful, Lord, for your word. God, we're thankful for your Spirit, Lord, that lives in us, Lord, that that leads us into truth. 
Lord, that leads us into the correct way of thinking, the correct way of living. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'd help us. God, not to just, uh, Lord, be hearers of the word and not doers. Well, we pray, God, that you would allow our faith to manifest in actions and, 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 and right beliefs, Lord. We pray, God, that our life would just reflect yours. Lord, that inside that we look like you. Lord, that we walk like you, that we talk like you, we think like you, we live like you. And Lord, we know that we wouldn't be able to be here, God. We wouldn't be able to have this discussion. We don't have any hope. We don't have any security without your blood, without your sacrifice on the cross. And Lord, we're just thankful. And Lord, right now we just thank you, Lord, that your presence is here with us and that it's 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 in the homes or, or wherever everybody is listening from right now. We know that your presence is with us and with them right now. And we just pray, Lord, that you'd reveal yourself even more, that we would know you. This is the great goal of life is to know you, Lord, and to walk with you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is James, signing off. Thank you, everybody, for listening again. This was the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. This is a in-depth discussion that we've been working on for a while. And amid all of the corona stuff, we just pray that everyone is healthy, doing well, and to look towards God in these uncertain times. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I'm sorry. Uh, you can find the, the, the show on uh, the Apple iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, and online or with our app. If you do not have our app, please download that. We have daily Bible verses that are received to you every day at 7 a.m., and they're just a great way to wake up and refresh in the Lord. My name is James. Thank you so much.